Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the ATR podcast, where um, we have, and we usually say we have a lot to unpack today, but this is a fairly light off-season show today. But I'm your host, Mark Williams, and I am joined by the man who will have his face on a billboard one day. We make that promise to you, Mr. John Polkowski. Egg free, John. And um, as as we wait for Anthony to uh, reset his modem, uh, then I just dropped my pen. <laughs> I always have to have one of these so that way I have my fidgeting hands working. But uh, we wait for Anthony to start up. Hey, everybody, starting in. Um, uh, and you know what? First things first. Are you guys a little bit tired or find yourself uh, warring about the Jack Ica rumors? Well, here's our cold open for you today. Go away. Go away. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. Where would you be without me? Ellen, Ellen, I saved us. It was me. We survived because of me. Not anymore. What did you say? Leave now and never come back. Oh, leave now and never come back. Leave now and never Come back. Honestly, that's where <laughs> I feel right now. It's I've just had I've had so much of this. We need Dragon uh, Ball Z. We we need really need like a Dragon Ball Z like Goku yeah. or Cell like opening for that because the 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 key blasts between the two of them would just be <laughs> weak for this. Well, it's 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 the topic that we kind of start with uh, today, and it's all right. Are you confident to say the Jack Eichel deal is dead, and maybe the rumors of it are dead, or um, we're just not going to hear about it for another month, and we're just and until training camp opens? Uh, first, I'm going to respond to this and say thank you. This is what we are striving for. We are striving to be the best content that we can give you guys and be one best show out there with all due respect to the other great shows that are out there as well. So, and, and there's a lot of them. Yeah. And there's a lot of good shows. Um, you've heard us plug their names on here several times and we will continue to do so because when everyone grows, the hockey community grows in general and we all, we all eat, we all eat. So, um, as for this, no, I don't think it's dead. I, I mean, like, I, I'm going to refer back to John, uh, what Chris Johnson said, the next pressure point is training camp. And everybody that keeps writing about it keeps saying the same thing. They don't, they don't see him going to play for Buffalo this season. They don't see it happening. Uh, I mean, why would you want that in, in training camp? Why would you want that when, with a young core that you're trying to build? Not only that, but – what happens if Donald Fear steps in? That's the next step that I'm waiting for. And, yeah. Um, by the way, uh, we're also being joined right now by the man with more connections than Kaiser Soze, Mr. Anthony LaRocco, <laughs> finally coming on in. Or why is 
I can see it. There he is. I can now see hey. it. Yeah, it's just taking an extra second. Can you hear us, Anthony? Yeah. All right. Still trying to sort that problem out. Um, the first things first, though, but the, you, we were talking about this, and I think I mentioned it on last week's podcast, which is the next step is Donald Fear. If the player is saying, hey, um, I want the surgery, the team is saying no, eventually that's where the union head comes into this. And uh, again, if, if anybody wants him, they're going to lose him for weeks to months on end. So it's, well, not weeks, obviously months, but it's, it's just, uh, that's why the, f- the further this goes, that, that value is dropping. Like, <laughs> do you really think it's, and, and unfortunately uh, we're still working out the Wi-Fi issues with Anthony right now. Um, but uh, that, that's what, that's what we talked about. And I, I at this point, if you're Buffalo, let him get the surgery. I don't get why. I don't get why they're making uh, a big deal of it. Uh, to tell you the truth, I mean, you you really, it, if you think he's that much of a problem, wouldn't you want him out of your hands? I mean, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I really don't. And the other thing with it is, is that if Donald Fear steps in, this becomes a massive shitstorm. And you you do not want that happening if you're Kevin Adams because this is a bad enough look as it is. You have a hard enough time getting players to play here. I mean, t- when Taylor Hall signed with the Sabres, everybody was shocked because nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw Taylor Hall going. And now with this debacle, that's going to ruin your relationships with the other uh, with with other prospective players going forward, and even some of the players in your own system. How do you think this looks for Owen Power and his agent? Yeah, because, by the way, that's the other thing, too. And I kind of said this all the way back to when uh, the Rangers had Chris Kreider uh, on the trade block slash pending free agent, where it's you don't want to get it to the point where it's like as soon as you're going to cost us any money, we're going to ship you out because then players are going to want out and stuff like that. You got to have a culture. You got to have a culture of winning and uh, or at least a, a culture that shows everybody that you 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 want to produce the best product that you can, yeah, th- that's that's something. Because um, Owen Power is going to look down the road and say, "Is that me in four years?" Uh, Rasmus Dahlin is saying, "Is that me in two years?" Um, is it just an individual situation? That's another one. Um, it's it's hard to say because uh, hockey hasn't had a situation like this in in twenty years where a player is saying my health matters uh, more than games. And um, John, you called it and I'm saying a hundred percent with you that this, um, this is going to get ugly. This is going to be Lindros ugly. So it is. If it, 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 I think it already is, but I mean, of course, as we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to have some top 10 videos by the way for you. Uh, we're going to start with hockey's ugliest breakups. Um, so they'll be coming on the channel soon. Uh, but again, it's just, it, it's just how, how much longer are you really going to see if you can drag this out? But yeah, I, I mean, what I don't get is 
I get that you got to get what you can get for your player. But why was it okay for them to take a subpar return on Sam Reinhart, but they can't do that for Jack Eichel? I guess because maybe they hit a home run on Rasmus Ristolainen. I, I, but that's what I don't get, though. Like, hey, all right, okay, so you think it's okay because you got a subpar, you you got a little more on Ristolainen than you should have gotten, but it's now okay for them to just deal Sam Reinhardt away for a bag of pucks and and not Jack at Jack Eichel for a slightly lesser return. Like they got they got almost nothing. Like Devin Levi is a good prospect. Mm-hmm. Devin Levi is nowhere near the top of the heap when it comes to goaltending prospects. And, and not only that, but the prospects that the Rangers could offer are still going to be better than the vast majority of what teams are actually willing to offer around the league. I don't, I, 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 don't I just, and, and again, I've said this on the previous streams that we've had, and I'll say it again. I've said it in the comment time. section. I've said it everywhere. The players the Rangers can offer right now for Jack Eichel, um, assuming Ryan Strom is in that deal just because to make the money work. But Philip Heedle, um, Matthew Robertson, uh, Lori Payunemi, um, and, and, and maybe Zach Jones, Zach Jones Tomori Unanen, uh, they still have their draft picks. There's a package you could get without uh, Kratzoff and or Kako or Lafreniere. And again, but it's just yeah. here's, something, here's something that nobody is talking about. Um, the Buffalo Sabres are about $7.3 million under the cap floor. So they have to get back salary in any trade that they make with any team. Because they have to get to the cap floor. Who are they signing at this point that's available that's going to get them to the cap floor? I, I don't uh, see anybody available. They're certainly not going to get a player. Like, they're not going to sign a big free agent. I can tell you that. No. No. And 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 the big free agents don't want to sign with them to begin with. Partly in do because of this whole thing. Yeah. You're a prospective player. You're looking at this thing. You're saying to yourself, do I really want to sign for an organization that's going to, it's going to mistreat the players? I mean, look at the teams. Vegas has moved on. They don't even have – they have to get under the cap after the Datana trade. So Vegas is out. Vegas is out unless they can move about $13 million in salary. And March or so and Smith alone wouldn't be enough to do that. L.A. is out because they went and they got to know. L.A. would have to move about 11 to $12 million in salary to get Jack Eichel in there. And – on, and Dustin Brown, even if it's Dustin Brown, that's that's not going to be enough. You still got to move another like six million in salary at least. So all right. By the way, uh, I got to make his introduction again. The man with more connections than Kaiser Soze from the Usual Suspects, Mr. Anthony Larocco, and we finally got him crystal clear, and he could see us, and we could see him. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Uh, that was that was the best. You know what happened, Mark? When I when I reset my Wi-Fi, it turned off that like um splitter thing you got me so then i had to reconnect that uh, Wi-Fi, and that was the root of the problem but yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right oh, yeah, yeah. so that's so that's a good thing that you're back and one of the things anthony that we keep talking about with this is um 
when when the union's going to step in and hold hold on i'm sorry alexa <laughs> shut up anyway <laughs> really how the hell did that happen um but we were talking about when the union might step in on the jack eichel situation um you know sorry i, I was just texting our potential guest um i uh I'm not really sure. I think the union will only step in if things really get continue, continue to get ugly with the, with the whole procedure situation, you know, with, with what, um, you know, whether it be the fusion or, uh, the regular, uh, the spinal, the artificial replacement surgery that he wants. Um, so unless that gets really, really ugly, I don't, I don't know. If they're gonna step in, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna let it play out with Buffalo and Kevin Adams personally, and and see if they could finally move him before training camp. But training camp starts what September twentieth, roughly. So they have another month to move him. Uh, hopefully they they could do that and it doesn't have to, you know, taking steps uh, in that direction. But yeah, I, I'm a believe that the PA is not gonna get involved in le- unless things really really go south. And there's a very distinct possibility that they do because Adams, instead of trying to, to broker a deal, seems like he care. He just wants to drag Eichel through the mud. And that that's the vibe that I'm getting from this, because like I just asked Mark, why would you take a subpar return on Sam Reinhardt, trade him for a bag of pucks and then get rid of, and then ha- have to hold Eichel over a barrel there, there's more than just getting value for him because teams are probably offering good packages, but they're just not enough for Adams because Adams wants to drag this thing out. This is personal. This is not, this is not just about value. This is personal. Now, when you say that it's personal, you think um, uh, that has anything to do with the pressure that he could be under, or you just think it's, it's starting to get to Bob, Bobby Clark versus Eric Lynch's territory. I think it's getting to Clark Lindros territory and from a couple of different interviews that I've, I've watched, including Chris Johnston's on Steve Dangle's podcast. And I believe it was either Dreger or Friedman said this on, I think it was Freeman on 31 thoughts said that the Bagulas absolutely trust Adams. They trust him with everything. So they're, they're relying on him to make that move. So I, I mean, knowing the relationship that he has after hearing that and and seeing the situation you'd have to you'd have to figure that the owners know that the GM is already in between a rock and a hard place so I I can't imagine that being the issue I I, I think this has just gotten personal I, I think the 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 when Eichel came out and made those comments about the surgery originally back in May, it triggered the front office and Kevin Adams wasn't going to stand for it. And Kevin Adams went and attacked him and this is how it's deteriorated to. So I, I, I don't, I don't see a, a good end in sight unless Kevin Adams says, you know what? I just want to end this and I'll, I'll take a lesser return. I'll get rid of the headache. I'll get some assets while I can, because I'm going to tell you right now, if it's about cash, do you really think? Does anybody really think that Terry Pagula and Kim Pagula are going to want to pay a seven point five million dollar signing bonus on top of a guy 
And then with the cap situation, because they've got to get out of the cap floor, so they've got to take back salary and possibly retain on it. So do you think that Terry Pagula wants to eat all that money on a team that he's clearly shown no initiative to spend on over the years? I don't. I don't see it. He's got to be dealt by next July. And honestly, the best time to do it would be before the start of the season. And if he doesn't do it then, Adams is really screwing himself because it's going to be really hard to make that deal midseason. Exactly. Really exactly. hard. You can't make that deal midseason. Anthony? Nope. Well, he's definitely being traded by next July. I don't think that's I don't think that's in question at all. Um, the question now remains is, does Kevin Adams feel it's better for Jack Eichel to get get whatever surgery he needs to get done, come back, play well, have his value hopefully rise, and then trade him at the deadline or trade him before training camp? That's the thing he's probably wrestling with right now. Take take what he perceives as low ball offers now and not get as much as he thinks he can, or wait till you have a healthy Jack a healthy Jack Eichel where the acquiring team doesn't have to go through the same situation with them about letting him have the artificial disc replacement surgery um, and not have to deal with that headache and feel if they trade a healthy Jack Eichel, it's better for both parties. So I think that's what Buffalo's wrestling with now. Whether or not at this point – they, they should just, like like I said, let him, let him get healthy, let him play games, let him show other teams he could be productive and he's the player that they expect him to be, and then move him then. Because um, personally, I, you've got to assume the only reason why he hasn't been dealt yet is because Kevin Adams doesn't like the offers he's getting and refuses to let his superstar player go for what he would maybe consider peanuts. I think that's the reason why he's not dealt yet. Which again, as I outlined in that trade that I said before, you can get four to five to six assets and they don't have to be the number one things. Uh, they don't have to be the number one draft picks. And no, you could, you could still rebuild your team and get it all that way. Just just move on. That's what that's what they're going to do. And that's what we're going to do. I'll say so, this time and time again. Uh, I'll, 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 this will be the last thing I'll, I'll say because I'm, I'm pretty sure, Mark, you probably want to move on. We got other things we got to talk about. But um if if those teams were willing to give up the pieces that Kevin Adams probably wants, then L.A. wouldn't have moved on. They wouldn't have signed to know. Vegas wouldn't have re-signed Martinez to the contract that they did. They gave him a raise. They wouldn't have given Brassois $2.5 million to be a backup. And they wouldn't have traded for Dadanov because now they have to get under the cap. And a deal would have already been made. And I've seen Buffalo Sabres fans saying, oh, well, we'll just trade him to Winnipeg. You realize that that's not happening, right? <laughs> like, they think that they have all these options. Uh, the, uh, let me be clear when I say this. Whenever I see comments from the Sabres fans, you have no leverage. Absolutely none. None. Like, there's uh, – I that, that would be like uh, me trying to uh, – try to reunite with an ex-girlfriend who is currently married and something like that. It's just, no, you don't have any leverage. So anyway, what do you think about the culture in, in Buffalo? What do you think about the Jack Eichel situation? Or if we finally heard enough of it for the next month, at least And um, put it all down in the comments below guys. And as always, uh, actually I got the little gift for her right here. Don't forget to comment, like share and subscribe.
All right, so we are going to move on, and believe it or not, we're going already to the bar talk segment. I'm going to take a shot on this one. I'm going to say beer. I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh, my God. Well, welcome back to the ATR bar talk segment, where we're going to gauge NHL topics or our confidence on NHL topics by our choice of drink. Are you not really that confident? Oh, God, I just need a shot. Yeah, you're so-so. You're just like, I'll take a beer. Or are you so confident? You're buying the entire bar right now. So um, we're going to start with something that came up yesterday, and uh, it was nice. It was a nice little laugh. The Rangers podcast billboard will affect the uh, Jack Eichel situation. I had to read it again because I realized it was effect or effect, but um, that's always a good one. John, start with you. Shot. They're not going to do anything. And Based I, on that the one, and no, it, they're not. And it, it was, it was basically a, a, a troll job and kind of like a, a little, uh, little attention grab, if you will. Um, but you know, it's funny. It's clever. I'll give them that. It, it's been done before in the past. Um, supposedly, it was done with the Jets years ago. During uh, Jeff Idzik's uh, te- tenure as general manager, yeah, they flew um, a plane over the practice field that said "Fire Idzik." Yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, it's it's been it's been done before. It, it's it's clever, but I mean, it was funny. I got a laugh out of it. Um, but you know what? In the end, it's not going to prompt Kevin Adams to do anything. So, I mean, good on them, but. Uh, saying shot here it's just not going to do anything to them anthony over to you yeah this is a silly shot um it's funny uh but it's not going to force any type of domino effect with buffalo and jack eichel um oh i will say the islander fans did a billboard for a snow must go before uh ledecky and and malkin finally um you know brought in oh yeah they brought that's right i forgot about that which is pretty funny um, but yeah, no, so sometimes these things happen. They're funny. It's, you get a kick to see, but, um, it's not going to, you know, make a professional organization do anything based on fans getting a billboard. Uh, let's make it a queen, uh, queen. Let's make it a clean sweep. Three shots because, uh, this is not only just something that's been happening for billboards this week or with the jets or with snow must go. I mean, this has been going on since it's on a, like sports and billboards. And I mean, it's just, no, this is a fruitless gesture. And you think, uh, you think the pressure of Jack Eichel's surgery would be enough to make Kevin Adams move on it, or maybe even his agent making demands, but no, we're going to put up a billboard. Good thing. You guys got that. It's funny. It's, it's just kind of funny. Free Eichel hashtag free Eichel, but um, it's just, no, um, it's, that's just wasting some money. Do you guys play fantasy hockey? Yeah, uh, haven't in years. Anthony, what's your team name? Uh, I don't even know at this moment. I'd have to go look. I forget what, right. uh, what it was. Well, mine was huge caco. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, so Igor Sturkin is a top five fantasy goalie in uh, in the league right now. So, Anthony. Is he a top five fantasy goalie? No, usually it goes by wins, um, shutouts. 
Um, so I don't know if he's top five in that regard. Um, but, you know, Pete Jensen from NHL.com did fantasy rankings, and he had he had uh, the duo of Orlamov and Sorokin at one. I forget what his, his individual rankings were. I think, I think he had Shesterkin in the top ten. I believe, but I don't think he had him in the top five, but that ranking was only about a week old, so you can pull it up. Um, but no, again, if you're going to draft a goal in fantasy hockey, again, you're going to want to get someone wins like Vasilevsky, like a top team, and you want to get a guy that posts a lot of shutouts. Um, and there's not a knock on Shesterkin. He's a great goalie, but I, I wouldn't say he's top five fantasy-wise at this moment. Phil, I'll jump in for the second part of this. Um, oh, wait, so wait, is that beer or shot or some Anthony? Um, shot. Okay, so we got the shot right here. Phil, I'll jump in. I'll say it's a beer. Um, again, I love Igor, and I love what the goalie he's going to be uh, going forward. His save percentage and his goals against were outstanding in his first year. Struggled a little bit early on, um, but as far as he goes, and also by the way, the other factor that goes into this is how much they're going to play Alexander Georgiev. Uh, for fantasy hockey, I would I would actually rank Simeon Volamov ahead of him. Uh, I understand a, a monkey wrench that goes into some of the rankings is, hell, you have two of the guys nominated for the Vezda Trophy on, like, terrible teams that from last uh, – that were Vezda that were finalists last year. Hell, the Vezda yeah. winner just went to Chicago, and that's going to get ugly. I just shuddered at the, at the thought of that for Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, but no, Sisterkin's going to be good. It's just, is he going to get off to a good start? Um, and of course, as I keep going back to the Gerard Glant factor, this team is going to be better in their own end. Guarantee that. Take it to the bank. So a beer for me, John. I'm going beer. Um, right now I wouldn't consider it, but there, there is a possibility this year that this team improves and he ends up being one by the end of the year. But um, if we're talking as of this moment right now, I'd probably say no. Um, I, I just – there's not enough of a body of work. There's definitely the potential. Um, but like you mentioned, Grubauer, Seattle. Flurry, the Vezina winner, Chicago. And what's going on in Chicago with that defense outside of Seth Jones? Adam Boquist's gone. He went in the re- he went in the return to Columbus, so they don't have a lot of great options on defense in Chicago. Um, there's not a lot of depth at all, and uh, some of the other guys. I mean, Carolina. I mean, they don't they don't have anything great in Anderson, and their defense downgraded big time by losing Hamilton and then replacing him with Bear and D'Angelo, two guys that really aren't great defensively at all. Not that Hamilton was like a a Norris winner because of his defense. But there's a lot of teams. It's not a lot of goaltending. Not a lot of great situations. So, gotta love Giuseppe interruptions. Uh, but yeah, uh, I missed my balls. Please, Daddy, help me. Yeah, the poor, poor puppy. But um, he. Uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say beer here. But there, there, there's a potential that he ends up being one. But it just right as the second, no. Yeah, I mean, he could very easily get in there. Uh, things can change greatly, and uh, I got full faith in it. I mean, he had an unbelievable save percentage in uh, his second month in the NHL. I think his February save percentage is over 925 anyway. 
uh, for his career so far. For, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's incredible. Uh, well, by the way, we're going to, we're going to answer. Oh no, we're not. We're going to move on. Cause now we got Anthony back. Um, cause Anthony, this one is tailor made for you. Lou Lamarillo will announce a free agent signing by Labor Day. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually inclined to say shot here because um, he technically has until training camp to to reveal his cards here. So, um, you know, the belief was that the, whatever he was working on, um, you know, he didn't announce yet because he needs to complete that before he can announce his signing. So. Some had said it was signing his RFAs. Um, does he does it contingent on Bovillier and Sorokin reaching deals uh, first, or is it contingent on making that trade first before he announces the signings? But either way, again, you know, training camp doesn't start till like you know middle to later of September, so um, he doesn't really have to do anything right now. And you know, I could I could see this dragging into September before he announces anything. I made the reference to Arthur Staple. I kind of chuckled that. You know, you'll probably get the the tweet from some Islander beat writer that Zach Brise is skating at Northwell with, you know, a bunch of Islanders that are arriving for informal skates before it's even announced that he signed with the team. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm getting growing sense that, that we don't see these announcements of his re-signings and signings for a while. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go shot, actually. I'm going to say all quiet with the Islanders. Phil. I mean, before this, I probably would have gone between beer and um, round. But hearing about that and the way that it, it's dragged out, I, I mean, also, by the way, with the question, are we are we talking about just a free agent signing in general, meaning their own guys, or are we, are we saying somebody else, like, from another team? Uh, I would say I would, I would definitely – well, because the case is Zizekas counting that. Because he's a well, that, That's the thing. I'm trying to. I'm trying to see if it's their own re-signings that you're, you're you're talking about with this, or if it's if it's somebody outside. Uh, none of their RFAs. None of their RFAs. None of none of their own UFAs. Then no, they they only the UF the UFAs. Yeah. So even if it's a player that's on it, like a, like Sezikis counts towards this. Sezikis would count towards this. Yes. Um. I don't know if it's by Labor Day, but I would, I would, I would definitely say by, by training camp. I think that they're going to probably have Palmieri under contract. Mm-hmm. I think Sezikas will probably be back too. I, I, I don't, I don't see these guys going anywhere now, um, unless Buffalo decides to come along and say, "Hey, we'll give you ten million dollars to come play for us because we're an embarrassment of an organization." So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, if it's about the money for Zizekas, I mean he could go there, but I doubt it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say beer here. I I think somebody's get uh, somebody's getting signed by not Labor Day but training camp. I gotta go shot again, uh, and it's it's so funny. And uh, Anthony kind of said it best. I think we're actually gonna find the mysteries of Oak Island before we find um, who are the Islanders signed in free agency. Uh, the, um, it's just, and you got to have people breaking it going, look, we got Zach Parise skating at Northwell. Oh no, no, no. Lou comes out, waves that off or, 
you know, horse's head in the bed, as Anthony likes to say. It's just, it's, it's, I, I don't understand the secrecy sometimes. We're not trying to, um, uh, try to take out the leader of a government or rescue hostages. We're trying to play a hockey game or sign a hockey team. Just announce the damn signings. And Lou well, Emerald. Keep, keep in mind, uh, um, keep, yeah. Keep in mind, last, last year, he didn't announce the, the signings of, uh, well, re signings of Andy Green and Matt Martin until literally training camp was, was already underway because th- those didn't get announced until he re signed Barzell. Barzell didn't re sign with them until after like the third or fourth day of camp. So technically, Martin and, and, and Green were there at camp, but no one knew in what fashion if it was a PTO or a contract, and they got announced after Barzell signed. So um, he very well may do the same thing with Palmieri, Sezikis, Zajac, and Parise. They'll be there, but their contracts won't be announced until training camp starts. So uh, I I just still wonder about the legality of all this or the practice, but Lula Amarillo does say if you got time, use it. Um, moving on to another Jack Eichel story. Yay. Um, Anthony Son and Kevin Fiala, the wild are officially out on Jack Eichel and I'm going to buy everybody around, but it wasn't really officially, uh, from Kevin Fiala. I think they were never in They You could say that they were in, they were going, they, they have $12 million of cap penalties next season and 14 and a half the next Two seasons. How were they ever in on Jack Eichel? They're barely in on Kapril, uh, Kirill Kaprizov. So um, I'm going to say that they were out no matter what, but now it's official. <laughs> Done. All right, John. Um, I'm going to say shot for this, but they're out on Eichel for other reasons. The reasons why they're out on Eichel is because right now under contract, after this season coming up, after the 21-22 season, so for 2022-23, 23-24, and 24-25, they have 12, uh, just under 13, and then just under 15 million in dead cap for those two, three, and four years. So they have under contract during that time, they have Joel Erickson Eck, Jared Spurgeon, and uh, Jonas Brodin, all under contract. That's it. So if you add, if they get Kaprizov back, let's just say on a three-year deal, and they give him about $9 million, you're going to have between those four players and the dead cap, you're going to have about 30 to $35 million, I believe, tied up in cap just on – Three players, four play, four players. No, three, yeah, four players, and then the two dead cap hits. So that's going to make it about forty-five million. So you're. Oh, to- hey guys, we got to stop oh. for a second because signing in right now is one of the fastest men <laughs> we ever had the pleasure of watching. Hi, Michael. How are you doing? Hey, what's going on? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? <laughs> Pretty good. Thank, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for joining us, uh, Grabs. I really appreciate coming on. Um, I guess I just want to start off asking. Uh, obviously, last year you didn't play with the you know con- schedule, playing teams in your own division. Um, are you are you looking to continue playing this season? Have you been skating? What are your expectations for this coming season? 
Sorry, I, I think I was on a car Wi-Fi, so I missed all that question. Can you repeat that again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I said with last last season, obviously, and we know that you didn't play due to the condensed schedule and only playing teams in your division. Um, have you been skating with an eye on playing this season, or what do you you know what does the future hold for you? I don't know, to be honest. Um, it's not really, well, I've been working out and stuff, but mostly just skating with my son's team and uh, I'm helping out as assistant coach with them for now. Um, other than that, I really haven't given it too much thought what's going to happen. I think there's so much going on in this world that's out of <laughs> our control and uh, everyone has their own opinion about certain things, and so do I, but yeah. I don't really like to broadcast mine too much but so i'm just gonna <laughs> sit back and just take it day by day i guess so. michael uh, uh, you're one of the few guys that in the history of the nhl that's played for all three of the metro area teams the rangers islanders and devils what were the the great things that you liked about each of your three stops at those three places I think they're all great organizations. Um, obviously, they're all different in the sense of uh, fans and um, how they're set up and stuff and what kind of budget they got and all that. But, yeah, I just, I think, had a, like, some good years in the Tri-State. Uh, it was fun to see all three organizations, how they run. And um, I made great memories and great friends um, in all of them. And, yeah, I don't really have anything negative to say about any of those organizations. Are there still any uh, former Rangers that you still talk to, even on like a semi-regular basis? Yeah, you, I check in um, with different guys at different times. Obviously, life goes fast. Um, guys grow up, get kids, you know, move move states, move teams. And um, sometimes you just like lose a little bit. But some guys will check in once in a while. That's the good part. Like guys you play with um even if they reach out three years from now you know you still talk to them like it you played with them yesterday so um that's the cool thing about hockey you get to meet a lot of different guys and different players from different countries and stuff so it's hockey is just a good sport i think overall michael you've always been known as like one of the fastest skaters in the nhl um are there players in the league that you ever looked around to and went that guy is fast in comparison to you, no, <laughs> I don't know. In my head, I always believed when I was playing, I was the fastest. I don't know, like it's not a thing that I met that I necessarily was the fastest, but I never really. People always ask me that question too. It's like, oh, how was it being out there against this guy or this guy? For me, it doesn't matter if it was a fourth line guy or if it was Sidney Crosby out there. I played the same way. I tried to treat my my game, the, what I do during my shift, like the same as, like I said, no matter who is out there, if you start changing your game based on who's on the ice, then you're going to start making mistakes. You start overthinking it. So I wasn't looking around too much during games. I was focused more on my, what I have to do out there. So, uh, yeah. And then when I got to the bench, I tried to get my heart rate down so I can go out and do some more sprints. So, <laughs> yeah, I was more focused on myself during games. So, Grabs, I'm, I'm the Islander fan group, so I got to ask you about the Isles. Um, you know, you, you kind of grew up with Bales and Zeker. You played with them for a while. Martin, um, were, you, were you really pulling for them to, to beat Tampa in the conference finals, being that you, you know, were so close to those guys for so long? Yeah, it was great to see. Obviously, those guys have been there for a long time now, and um, they 
saw it through from the beginning, the rebuild to now to see what kind of players they become and um, how good their team is every year now, right? Like they're always up there. They're a hard team to play against. So, um, yeah, it was definitely fun to watch. Uh, I think they're really close. It's just like sometimes a little bit of luck here and there, right? Like it could have gone either way. I personally believe no matter who are these two teams moved on was going to win the cup. So I think if yeah. they would have won that game, they probably would have won the Stanley Cup in my eyes. So, um, yeah, it was. I think it's probably tough for them to, to lose that close to, this, to the finals. But, yeah, I think they're going to be right back next year. They have a great team, a great core, and, um, yeah, they're a fun team to watch, that's for sure. Michael, who was your favorite player to, or like whether it was teammate or an opponent to chirp? Like who, who were the biggest chirpers to you? Well, I think it's always like an under it's a tough question. Like uh, there's so many underestimated <laughs> chirpers on like teams. Like that's just like the whole hockey culture, right? Like if you can't handle being made fun of or stuff, you're not gonna last long in a room. So this guy, certain guys that try to stay out of it, you know, they get like picked on once every couple months, just like some, but they're usually like what just trying to sit in the back. And then you have guys like Steps, he's like usually just stirring the pot all the time in New York and here, like he'll just like chime in, but then walk out of the room, right, and get everyone going. So, like, it's like a different dynamic, but for most part, like, hockey guys are pretty good at chirping, I think, overall. So, I, I, I did not I did not expect you to say Derek Stefan. That that's a fun one. I know. No, I, I don't think he's the best chirper. I think he's the best boxer. <laughs> like he'll still he'll, he'll, get, he'll get involved in like a conversation but then walk out the room and then guys were going at each other and he will just laugh outside in the hallway, right? Like but the chirper, like the best chirps, there's a lot of guys I don't even know. Like like I said, you gotta hold your own in the locker room, otherwise you're not gonna last very long. <laughs> What about uh? What about Cal Clutterbuck? He seems like a guy that can really chirp. Yeah, there's a lot of guys. Marty, Cal Clutterbuck, like I don't know. It's I mean, like I think I haven't met a guy that couldn't really chirp. Maybe there's some guys that are quiet, <laughs> they hold back. But other than that, like if you go and at guys, like most guys can give it back pretty good. So like there's only certain guys that will do it more on the ice, obviously, right? That's the guys you guys see. But in a locker room setting, it's I think it's a free for all to be honest. Mike, as uh, Michael, as soon as um, Anthony said you were coming on the show, my first thought of uh, as a Ranger fan was the game against you guys played against Columbus when they came fresh off that long winning streak, and you had that goal with a minute remaining, um, maybe even less than that. Because I remember thinking, "Oh my God, Columbus isn't going to get anything out of this, and the Rangers are doing great." What is when looking at? like all your playing time right now. Is there like any favorite goals that you have right now? Yeah, that's probably one of them, but it's not probably because of my goal. It's more of the call, like the people, like, you know, like they remember the call and um, <laughs> yeah, but it's just like there's certain goals. Do you remember? Obviously your first goal, you always remember, like I still remember that scoring that. So um, it's the same as moments. For me, it's tough to pick out. They always say, like, oh, you have a favorite moment in the league. There's so many situations, like like playing in a playoff, scoring a free, You know what I mean? There's so many things that it's, it's almost impossible to pick out one specific thing that that it's just like you make so many memories along the way that it's always, it's a, it's a for me, it's the big picture how many people you met, like on all the moments combined of your 
story you know what i mean like i don't know i always find that weird when people try to ask you to pick up one thing in like a 11 year out of 11 years you know what i mean yeah a lot of time. maybe if i won a cup that would have been obviously a different story right like you had one thing to be like okay yeah that's the year or whatever you remember the most but for me like not winning a cup other than that you just have like a set of memories i think like they're just like i don't know i don't know it's hard it's hard to explain in my eyes that year, you guys had a great run in 2017. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think a tough series against Ottawa. I think we still should have won that. But it goes back to my first year in Vancouver. Like, I remember that, like, yesterday, like, losing to Chicago and they went on winning. I, I think if we won that series, we would have won. Like, Vancouver was so good that year. I was only going up and down. So, and I was part of the playoffs thing. Like, got called up there. So, I think they had such a good team that if we would have moved past Chicago, that we would have won. So, like, just looking back and thinking that might have been your best shot, one of your best chances, your first year, you know what I mean, playing 20 games in a league of winning the Cup. So, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's fun to look back and think about what could have been, but it's tough to win the Cup, of course. So, so Grabs, before before we let you go, I wanted to ask, um, we, we talked about Lou Lamoureux earlier and how, how secretive he is and how he hasn't rumored to have all these signings. Who knows? Maybe he signed you. We don't even know, but um, <laughs> how does, uh, I, I think when the Islanders traded you to uh, Toronto, I believe Lou was the general manager at that time. What, what about him allows him to pull this off where he's so secretive? No one leaks anything. You know, I know he has no facial hair rule, no high Jersey numbers. What, what is it like? to be on a Lou Lamorello team? Like, what type of guy is he? Well, obviously, I only got to know him this one year up there. And um, other than the, the haircut and facial, like, stuff, like, he's a great guy. Like, they were really welcoming. They tried to do everything for the families and all this stuff. So, I think people just respect them. And uh, they maybe, I don't know, like, maybe they know they get in trouble if they leak stuff. But he just tries <laughs> to keep it close to his, you know, like, like it's always up there's always rumors out there oh, this and this happens but then sometimes the opposite happened with him right like so i don't know yeah. he's been around the league a long time i think reporters know how he does business and stuff so he probably just built that reputation and um guys and people won't go against him obviously and he can just um build his team the way he wants to and <laughs> and no one knows what he's really thinking that's it it's really funny. It, uh, gotta it is. But like I said, he's a great guy. Other than the, 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 the facial hair and the haircuts, he's, it's, he's really all for the players. And he tries to do everything he can to make it as comfortable as, for, as possible for the players. So. Are you, uh, you going to take a trip back here to see UBS Arena at some point next year? Yeah, we'll see. I think it's supposed it's a little bit delayed, right? So I think they have like a yeah. long road trip coming up, but. I probably that was a given. So, like, yeah, if I make it back out there, I definitely want to check it out. I heard they they kind of build it the same as uh, the Coliseum, like, or try to at least, I guess, with the yeah. way the setup is. So, like, I think the rink in Long Island is still one of the best atmospheres I've played at, especially the Pittsburgh series. So that was a lot of fun. And oh, hopefully yeah. they can bring the same energy to that building. I, I still remember that game against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, the fight night game. You had a breakaway and you scored on a. I think it was Brent Johnson. That yeah, that was that was, that was amazing. Yeah, I was, was about awesome. like I was one of six, seven guys that were still left. You know, like I don't really fight. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Thanks. Well, thanks a lot, Mike Grabs. I appreciate you taking out the time to join us. And, uh, you know, like I said, hopefully if you make a trip back to Long Island at UBS Arena, maybe we'll see you there. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Thank, thank, thank you, Michael. We appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. You know, um, oh, that's awesome. And, and <laughs> I, I just wanted to also let him know somebody's going to come calling. The, they always need a penalty killer for the playoffs. So. Uh, I, I still think he's got gas left in the tank. I, I just he does. He's what? He's 30, 33 years old. Thirty three. He still got he. Listen, he yeah. could probably still be a good bottom six forward at the very least. <clears throat> and and again, that's one of those things. Like I said before, you know, teams need guys like that when it comes to playoff time. So yeah. that's just how it's going to happen. Um, it'll be fun. That was awesome. this can't wait to edit this video (laughs) yeah let's let's get let's get back to talking about the minnesota wild for a minute (laughs) as stat boy steven says the side salad of the nhl um so anthony um the wild officially out after resigning uh fiala um I'm gonna I'm gonna say shot only like Phil said not for this reason but in this talking about specifically about this it's a shot because um, this season they have a ton of cap space right now so Fiala five million they could still afford to, it, to trade for Jack Eichel it's the viability about it going forward is really where the question is um, but as for this year no signing Kevin Fiala doesn't mean they're out on Jack Eichel uh, at all which by the way I'm surprised Fiala only got one year I thought they were gonna maybe look to lock him up longer term, but, um, you know, he, he's a good, good player, 20 goal season. Um, and who knows, mate, realistically too, you know, Buffalo would have to take back some salary in any Eichel trade. Maybe Fial is a guy that they would take back the other way if they were to make that happen, but that's neither here or there at the moment. But, um, but yeah, no, have shot to. on this. Uh, the, the signing of Fiala has nothing to do with the wild and Jack Eichel for this season. All right. And uh, move it on. Sam Reinhardt will move the needle in Florida. You know, the forgotten Buffalo Saber that was traded this year. Uh, Anthony, let's start with you on this one. Um, you know, beer. I, I thought the, the Panthers obviously made a lot of strides this season. You know, they made the playoffs. They gave the Lightning a good run. Uh, they have their core of Barkoff and Huberdeau, who are two fantastic players. Um, you know, the addition of Sam Bennett helped them. But, you know, you looked at their team. And you say there's still some things left to be desired. Um, and a guy to kind of, you know, almost fill fill the hole that Trocek, uh, you know, made when he left. I think Sam Reinhardt could do exactly that. He's a good offensive player. He could play behind Barkov uh, on the second line. You know, this is a guy that was on a pretty bad Buffalo team and still put up some pretty respectable numbers. Um, so, yeah, while, while he's not a, you know, a Kirill Kaprizov type player or Jack Eichel, um, he's, he's a good player. So I, I think at the sum of the parts, when you consider him to all the other weapons they already have, I think he's, I think there's no question makes Florida a better team. So, um, you know, beer, definitely. Felk. Uh, yeah, th- I'm going to say round here. He's absolutely a needle mover. He's a top six forward and he's a skilled one at that. Uh, that's a guy that, Basically, like Anthony said, he's going to replace somebody like Vinny Trocha, and they've needed that. And now you're going to have Anton Lundell coming in, probably maybe even this year. 
I, I don't I don't necessarily know if that's going to be this year, but if it's not this year, I'd imagine Lundell would be with them next year. You're going to have him. You're going to have Dennis Sanko coming up. I mean, you they've got pieces in place. And Sam Reinhardt solidifies that that top six. And if Sam Bennett can play the way that he played down the stretch with them last year, then that's another option in their top six or even in their middle six. So that gives them more depth. Uh, more depth. Sorry. So um, I'm saying round here. You know what? Uh, I was sort of ready to say beer, but no, I'm going right with you. It's round. Um that top six is starting to look nasty. Um, and again, don't ever forget, they got Joel Quenville. Joel Quenville is is one of the best coaches of all time. So he's going to figure out a way to use him and, and get this going. So, all right, have at it with Sam with Sam Bennett. It's it, These guys, Florida is going to be a, quite a formidable team. I can tell you that. And it's they're going to be... I mean, they, they they could be a juggernaut next year. I'm I'm already going to go on record and say that They're, their problem, who's showing up in net? Do you either trust that 20 year old or you're trusting um, Sergey Bobrovsky to to remember he used to be Sergey Bobrovsky? Uh, I don't know if that's happening. Um, I said earlier in the po- in the in the podcast that uh, Donald Fear might have his hands full. Evander Kane has played his last game in the NHL. I'll start this. I'm going to say beer. The only reason why I'm even saying beer is because contracts, unions, they can, they can, they can still force guys to go back to their teams if they want to. Um, Evander Kane might be let go from the San Jose Sharks. Uh, there are reports players don't want to play with him anymore. They don't even want him in the locker room. Um, there's all the personal drama. And then, oh, yeah, he might have gambled on the game. So, uh, again, I think it's going to be it's, it's going to be tough. But uh, I think I could see him playing more games, possibly even for the San Jose Sharks. I just don't know who's signing him after this if they if they let him go. Uh, Philk. I'm going to say beer just because we, we don't know everything yet. It, it's, it's still somewhat of a fluid situation. Um, yeah, uh, th- this, this one, Sean, again, uh, <laughs> humor because it just, uh, yeah. So uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm going to say beer for now. Um, I could definitely see it being his last game, but we don't know all the details. Um, I'm going to wait and let, let it just play out. I, I hate jumping to conclusions based on something like this. Right. I let everything just come out. And then at that point, we go from there. So I'm going to say. And, and again, to use a word said a lot in, in the show, Letter Kenny, allegedly. By the way, it's all allegedly. <laughs> There, there, there's um, uh, it's just that when smoke like that starts, conversations start too. Anthony, um, I'm gonna go beer. Uh, I know I've been reading on Twitter the last couple of days, uh, weeks that some of the Sharks players have said that they made it known that if Evander Kane is gonna be a part of the organization next season, 
that they wouldn't want to be. So that puts the Sharks in a bad spot. Obviously, you can't, you know, you can't lose a bunch of guys just by keeping one. So at the same time, though, Evander Kane hasn't been proven guilty of anything yet. So it's in a situation where it kind of looks bad on the Sharks if they sit there and get rid of a guy where nothing's even proven yet. So it's a real sticky situation for San Jose right now. Um, you know, if they do look to move him, um, I still think there will be a team out there that will look to that will look to add him possibly. I mean, when Slava Voinov was looking for like, you know, to get reinstated, they heard there were NHL teams that said they would consider signing him if he was able to play again. So and look what what he did was much, much worse. And we're not to go there, but let's face it, it is. Um, so Vander Kane, yeah, I think a team might give him another shot, especially if he's proven if, if it was proven these allegations were false, definitely. Um, but right now, yeah, his, his future is a little muddy. It's not clear by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't think we can go there yet and say he's played his last game. So I'm going to go beer. Although if you want to say he's played his last game with San Jose, that I may be a little more inclined to do a round with. But for this, I'll do beer. And again, in situations like this, you always want to just say hey, you, you hope the, the truth is something worse than this. And uh, and uh, hopefully everything gets sorted out. But and uh, sorry, and what I just I was gonna say I just well John was was talking. I just read on Twitter that the NHL Board of Governors approved uh, ads on jerseys starting in the twenty two twenty three season. Hmm. But I'm you. not really happy. Thank you. About I have my editorial now. <laughs> I don't want this to be like soccer or anything. I, I'm really not happy about having you know, ads on jerseys. If it's a small little logo, you know, like the bottom of the jersey on the back or the upper chest in the front, I mean, maybe, but I don't want to see these stupid ads on jerseys. I think that'll ruin it. Uh, it's just, uh, it's it's just, I, and I get it. They lost a lot of revenue this year, but still it's, uh, me personally, there's desecrating a Ranger jersey with a with a with an ad on there. Granted, they've had ads on there already. What do you think the Nike or Reebok symbol has been for years? But still, it's just no. Uh, I I hate ads on jerseys. I I always do. Uh, World Juniors, different story. But we're not NASCAR. So, all right. So, what are your thoughts? I know that um, we got interrupted by uh, Michael Grabner joining us. That'll be on a two very pleasant interruption. It was, yes, yeah. we will take any interruption from any guest all time. But um, And make a note, that was our first, that was our first active, active player that we've ever, we've ever had on dating back to off the post too. So that was, that was really cool. That was really cool of Grabs to join us. Yeah. I mean, and it's awesome. And again, we hope uh, Grabs gets another uh, phone call from a team that's looking to make the playoffs and we're going to make a run this year. Uh, but what are your thoughts? Igor Sesterkin, top five uh, fantasy goalie. Is Will the billboard have any effect or put any pressure on Buffalo? Nope. But um, <laughs> <laughs> will Lou Lamorell ever announce a free agent <laughs> signing? I mean, I think we won't know their sign until they're on the ice. And Sam Reinhart, will he move the needle in Florida? Put it all down in the comments below. By the way, again, everybody, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Um, but we got some honest press conferences for you guys. Connor, just can you give me your sense of kind of where, where the group is at? Once again, my teammates come up short. 
All right. So welcome to our honest press conferences where we say what the athletes really want to say. And I never updated the names on this. <laughs> so it's going to take me one second just to get that in there. Um, okay. So uh, we got only a, we got uh, two guys that are coming on today of to express their thoughts. And uh, the, we're going to start with the first one. Vladimir Tarasenko is going to join us, and he'll be played by Mr. Anthony Larocco. So, came I made it public earlier in the summer that I, I requested to be traded from the St. Louis Blues. Um, I think everyone at this point knows the reason why. Um, I had I missed some ample time over the last uh, year and a half. Um, I had two different shoulder surgeries, and come to find out that the St. Louis Blues doctors never even repaired the issue in the first two surgeries and it cost me a lot of time playing and you know it's one of the reasons why I want out from St. Louis um, you know when I went to go get the third surgery from an independent surgeon lo and behold they fixed the issue and now I'm healthy um, this all could have been avoided if they just would have fixed it the first time um, you know I, I would have been healthier I would have probably been more productive I would have played more of a role um, and it would have suited everybody but that didn't happen and now uh, I want a new start. I want a fresh start. People are saying, oh, you know, now his shoulder's done. He won't be the same player. I have a lot to prove. I know I could go back to being a 35-40 goal player, um, and I don't feel like it's best for anybody's interest if that continues on the St. Louis Blues. Um, you know, Doug Armstrong had ample time to trade me. Could have traded me at the draft, around the expansion draft. They left me unprotected. Um, you know, Seattle wanted to take me, but, you know, they would have to flip me to another team, and um, you know, I don't know if they wanted to retain salary or whatnot, but that didn't happen. Uh, and lo and behold, I'm still St. Louis blue. Uh, I'm not really happy about it. You know, training camps coming up here in a month. Um, and while I will report St. Louis and, you know, be a good teammate and be a good soldier, um, I think it would be best if I have a fresh start by then. So I'm hoping that they can find a trade for me, um, and not really be so unrealistic with what they're asking for. I mean, I don't know. That's not my job, but uh, at the same time, I made it clear that I wanted to be traded um, and I expected it that it had already been done um, and it hasn't. And, you know, I'm pretty upset about it. Uh, like I said, I just want a fresh start on a new team um, and start a new chapter in my career. But I'm fully healthy. My shoulder feels good. Um, I know I could fill the net. Uh, so just make it happen, Dougie. Pull the trigger. I'll take some questions. Vladimir, now, with everything that's going on in St. Louis, are there any prospective teams that you would like to go to? You know, Maybe you could see yourself playing with certain players. It's got to be an interesting situation considering that you're, you're on a contender right now and there may not be many contenders who might have the cap space and the wherewithal to pull this deal off. Um, there's been speculation about my lists, uh, but one thing I'll say for that last part, like I'm not – I'm not a GM. I don't really care um, who has the room for me or whatnot. It's the it's the Blues general manager, Doug Armstrong, to, to accommodate me and trade me to one of the teams I want to go to. Simple as that. And teams I want to go to, um, you know, trade me, trade me to the, you know, trade me to the New York Islanders, trade me to the New York Rangers, uh, you know, trade me to the Carolina Hurricanes, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Boston Bruins, Philadelphia Flyers, Washington Capitals. 
Florida Panthers, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, I know they can't fit me for sure, but any one of those teams, just please, just please trade me too. I know I could be a difference maker on any of those teams. Um, and, you know, I think it would be a, a perfect marriage on any of them. All good cities all offer a different, different bit of things, but I'll play for any of those teams gladly. Um, and I really hope that Doug Armstrong makes it happen because I want out. And, I mean, boy, like, Play next to Matt Barzell on Long Island in a new arena, man, we can make magic together. Or, you know, Carolina with Sebastian Ajo, you know, just it's it's something that I, 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 I frankly, I dream about. I want to be out. I want out. I want to play on one of those teams. So make it happen already. How did I know that Islanders bit was coming? <laughs> well, I, I <laughs> put good money on that one. Um, Okay, Evander. Are you okay with being a uh, second fiddle right now after being a star in St. Louis for the last 10 years? Second fiddle? Second fiddle to who? And no matter what team I go to, I'm going to be one of the top players on the team. You know, if you want to call it equal or me being better, but I'm, I'm not I'm not second fiddle to anybody. I'm an elite goal scorer, and no matter where I go, they're going to treat me like one. So that's some stupid-ass question you asked me right there. <laughs> um, you no, know, but... Like I said, uh, I just want to go to a team, fit in, win a cup. Yeah, I'm a team player, and I'll do it. I'll do whatever the coach asks me to do. But second fiddle, I'm not second fiddle to anybody. I'm an elite goal scorer. That's right. That's right, Vlad. All right. Uh, thank you very much, Vlad. And uh, it was great for you to stop by. Shoulders good. See. <laughs> All right. So that was Vladimir Tarasenko stopping by, uh, played by Anthony Larocco. And Anthony channeling some of me. Yes. Well, anytime you could ever tell me I asked a stupid question is always a good thing. <laughs> uh, so now we need to get Mika Zibanejad in, and he will be played by John Fulkowski. Uh, see all this Jack Eichel talk and everything's going on around the NHL and the New York Rangers and even some of our fans or podcasts are putting up billboards to try to get this guy here. Dude, I'm the man here. I am the number one center. And I get it. Artemi Panarin's our best player. Yeah, you could say that, but I'm right there. I'm not too far off. And I, I'm not a second fiddle type guy. I'm this team's top center, and I have been for the last four years. So you know what? I don't want to hear it from anybody. And Jack Eichel, if they get him, great. If not, then you know what? You got me. I'm the guy. I'm the guy that's throwing his body around. I'm not the guy with the neck injury. I'm the guy with the big blast from the point. So you're not worrying about Jack Eichel. you got to worry about me. I'm the man. Put players around me. Panarin, Fox, and give, give me Lafreniere on that line, please, because Chris Kreider, I, I love I love Chris. Me and Chris are good friends, but Lafreniere can make plays. Chris is not really much of a playmaker. I think Chris could help elsewhere. So, But let, let's go forward with this. Let's move on from Jack Eichel. You got, you got number 93 here. You want to put me on – you want to put a Ranger on the cover of NHL 22? Put me on the cover, guy. Who has questions? Well, uh, okay. Uh, so there were Ranger bloggers that were saying whether or not you would okay a trade to a different club, let's say like Buffalo or possibly even Vancouver in a trade 
for uh, Elias Pedersen as a fan uh, wrote in on YouTube at one point. Uh, can you? Can you say, uh, can you confirm whether or not you would waive your no trade clause to move to one of those organizations? What kind of frigging question is that? <laughs> you want me to go play for that organization? Oh, man. I mean, if I, if I could do recreational drugs during the offseason, I'd ask for whatever you have because you're smoking some good shit over there, buddy. Um, yeah, no way. Uh, no way, no how. I'm not approving a trade to Buffalo, of all places, and dealing with whatever clown show management that they have going on there. And uh, uh, Vancouver, no. Why Why would I go and do that? I mean, they've got a nice team, but they're young, and they're not really close to competing, to a Stanley Cup, competing for a Stanley Cup. I would just stay in New York and re-sign in New York for, you know, for whatever. So, um yeah, I, I don't know what I don't know what that was about, and I don't know why fans think that uh, I would accept a, a, a trade to go to Buffalo because I don't think anybody would do that. Mika, um, there is something to be said for being wanted. So if it came to the point where the Rangers were shopping you for whatever reason, um, you would you would still not waive your your you know, you're no movement just to stay, even if they wanted to move on from you, you wouldn't want to be like, all right, well, sure. Trade me to somewhere where I'm wanted and give them a list of teams that you'd be willing to go to. Isn't that something that, you know, would make sense if the Rangers really came to you and said they wanted to move on. Um, is that's a big difference between that and accepting a trade to Buffalo. Like you, you want to, I mean, you want to, you want to send, you want to send me out to pasture. You send me to Buffalo. You, you want me to retire at that point? You send me to Buffalo. You send me to a team that, you know, has a chance of winning and actually has an organization that's well-ran, then yeah, you know what? Okay, maybe maybe that's a possibility. But why would a team do that when I've got one year left on my deal? Why? What are you looking for for your next deal? I'm going to quote Elias Pettersson here, funny enough that you mentioned him in with my name, because I don't think Vancouver would do that. I, I don't know why they would go, what, seven or eight years older to uh, – uh, or six to seven years older, I'm sorry, for a, a younger player that could possibly be even better than I am one day. Um, I just want a place where I have a chance to win. But I also want – a place where I can get a decent payday. Isn't that what everybody wants when they play in the NHL? You want a chance to win, but you also want to get paid. So, I mean, if there's flexibility to be had, then give me a list of some teams that have the space, that have the willingness to, to sign me to that next deal, and that are, that are ready to contend. So uh, I haven't seen anything yet. Nobody's come to me with with any type of trade requests. The organization hasn't said a thing to me. Why am I going to uh, Why am I going to sit there and, and entertain Buffalo of all places? Though, like that, 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 that one right there is a little kind of off the wall, don't you think? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of yeah. understand what you mean by that one. Yeah, exactly. So. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to entertain conversations, but 
I don't think I, I I think that you would have to kind of like put someone in a hostage situation to get them to go play for the Sabres right now. Good luck to Owen Power and his agent because that seems like that's going to be a fun negotiation to have one day. And uh, as for um, David Quinn, um, no thanks. I don't like to be told not to shoot on two on ones or not to pass. I'm sorry on two on ones. Thanks, or but stick handle. You can't stick handle on two on ones. Yeah, can't, can't uh, stick one, handle. One, yeah. One last question for you real quick, Mika. Uh, do you think you're the one that's on the cover of NHL uh, 22? Possibly. I mean, I've got some ridiculous flow, so it, it, it would look good. I mean, I, I have a wonderful head of hair on me. So if anybody wants to talk about that, I think the only guy that could really give me a, a straight-up uh, run for my money there is probably a guy that's no longer with the team who we miss, uh, Hank. Hank just had perfect hair. I, 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 I would wear his hair as a hat if I could. But, um, yeah, Hank's got some incredible hair. But I, I've got incredible hair too. But probably I would be either maybe Brad, Foxy, or maybe even myself. Who knows? You'll have to wait and see. And play some NHL. Buy EA Sports. <laughs> well, I do think uh, if you're there, I believe you'd be the first – New York Ranger on the cover since 1994, at least the PC edition. I know that had Mike Richter on it. I'm not sure if NHL 94 had a New York Ranger on it, but we no, it did that. not. NHL 94 had Wayne Gretzky and Ray Bork on the cover. And NHL 95 was Alexei Kovalov's game four breakaway in Vancouver on Kirk McLean when he fell into the net and scored. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So I guess there's, there's that. Uh, yeah, because I know that the PC edition and the NHL '94 had uh, had Mike Richter. Um, the save he made, I'm still gonna say it's a save just for, for my own personal take, but uh, uh, on Nathan Lafayette in game seven. All right, by the way, Mika, thank you very much for joining us because uh, you're fantastic, and uh, hopefully, more days with you ahead. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I'm better than Matt Barzell. Bye. <laughs> oh, throwing a little bit of shade out at Matt Barzell. How about that, Anthony? <laughs> Anthony, you got one game. Like you you got one game. Who you got, Matt Barzell and Mika Zibanejad? Again? One game you're taking, Matt Barzell or Mika Zibanejad? Uh, I mean... It's if a trick question. There is no wrong answer, yeah. by the way. <laughs> there, there really is no wrong answer. I, I'll take either one of those guys. But all right, guys. So what do you think about Vladimir Tarasenko and where he wants to land? Uh, what do you think about Mika Zibanejad and the ridiculous flow? Does Mark always ask the worst questions? And the answer, by the way, is yes, because I always want to get that. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in this comment, I want to I want to ask. I want to get the worst ones. Uh, guys, throw it all down in the comments below. And we are zooming right through this. We're getting closer to Q&A. And um, uh, we're going to have our uh, editorials. Anybody want to go first or should it just be me? You go, buddy. All right. Just going to get the... Uh, whoop. I just got to get the, the, the Chiron going. All right. 
Here we go. Here's on the mark. This prediction that's right up here. Being single most of my life. I just yell at Larry Brooks like every other New York Ranger. All right. Uh, if in case if anybody was wondering why I had to get up right there, it's because we have the announcement ads on jerseys and coming in the next. Uh, is 22-23 season. It's been all over the comment section uh, just now, and I've all went on my rant about this. Um, first, uh, let me just say, here's a great work of art that is a picture from my grandmother. Uh, she painted that. Uh, and there's other good work of arts, like uh, Adam Graves right here, the banner. But this is a work of art. It has stood the test of time for over 90 years and it's about it's closing in on 100 and yeah sure it's got the little adidas thing on there and there's plenty of room for other stuff to throw on there for uh ads why are we putting ads on jerseys you got ads on the boards you have ads all over the place all on the ice there's computer generated ads that go in and out, um, whether it's behind the glass, behind the goal, the the sideboards, um, the the side glass that's that's by the penalty boxes, or because um, MSG just figured out a way to do all that. So thank you guys. But why do we need to put ads on the jerseys? Now, is it going to be a lot? Probably not. It's probably not going to be that much. But it's. It, I'm a purist. I I can't help that. Uh, hockey, I'm always a little bit more open to um, experimenting as far as the game goes. I mean, baseball, <laughs> no. I never want to see the game change. Um, as a matter of fact, seven-inning doubleheaders need to go, and uh, I'm not a big fan of the extra-inning rule either. But they, the Ranger jersey is – the Rangers are the only professional team that does not have their logo on their jersey. And they've kept it that way, except for uh, John Ferguson in the 70s making that ridiculous jersey that looks a lot like the Winnipeg Jets. Um, but it's just ads, really? This is where we're, this is where we're at now? The, the New York Rangers, over a billion-dollar organization, they need ads on their jerseys. So I'm a little bit frustrated by that, but I'm going to leave it at that and just move on. Guys, what do you think about ads on the jerseys? I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. Um, you know, when they, when they said they were going to put ads on the helmets, I wasn't happy about it either. I mean, I guess I got used to it. Um, but even that I'm not a fan of, um, on the jerseys. I mean, you're probably right. It's probably going to be like a small thing. Uh, so I don't, I don't think it's going to be like a, like a soccer Jersey or the, or the jerseys and you see in some of the, you know, European leagues, like it's in Sweden and all that, a lot of the jerseys, they look, you know, they look hideous really with some of all the plastering they have all over it. Um, but just leave it alone. But you know what, in the end, at the end of the day, I guess, I guess I get why they did it or, you know, they want to make up for lost revenue and you know, it is what it is. We can't control it. All we can hope for is that it's not, it's not over the top and it's like the, the helmets. It's just one little logo. Like I said, on the upper chest or on the bottom of the Jersey, um, I don't think they'll do anything that takes away uh, takes away of the beauty of the actual jerseys for each team. But 
you know, it is what it is. Perfect world. I, I don't want to see it, but you know, not much we can do about it. So move on. Basically, thing. I, basically the same. If it, if it gets them out of the flat cap sooner than later and helps make up revenue. Yeah. As long as it's small, it just, I, I wouldn't want it normally, but you kind of have to at this point. Uh, I get it. it it's if just, they, it, it's just, John, we're opening the faucet. That's what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about one ad, two ads, little things. I'm worried about looking up and seeing uh, the Capo Caco uh jersey from finland that was basically more ads than jersey no you're not going to see that if, if that was the case this would have been experimented with a long time ago I, I think this is just a temporary thing and then once they get back to where they are then they'll probably do away with it or maybe they'll reduce it even more to the point where it's like barely noticeable if anything i don't think it's even going to be all that noticeable I really, I, I, I know that the NHL doesn't want to mess with things, and I know they take the fans, uh, they take the fans' uh, opinions on these things pretty seriously because jersey sales are pretty high for the NHL. So I don't think they want to ruin that. I think especially if the, if it starts to ruin sales for jerseys, then you're going to definitely see it go down quite a bit. So I, I don't think that's the case. But I, I have, I have, I have a feeling they won't. The, like the replica jerseys, I, I don't think they'll have the ads on the replica jerseys. Are they, they not even the authentics that they the sell. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm not sure how much it'll affect. I think it would just be the on-ice jerseys, just the players were. You're right, even an authentic jersey probably won't have any ad on it. So I don't think it'll affect jersey sales. Yeah, but I mean, if I'm let's, – let's say, for instance, I'm McDonald's. Uh, I, I figured I'd go with a big sponsor first. And they're sponsoring the NHL or Wendy's, I think, is one of their big sponsors, too. Um, I have to remember who there is, who their sponsors are. Uh, Discover, I know, obviously. So I, if I'm getting uh, if I'm sponsoring the jersey, um, then why wouldn't I want that on the jerseys that they sell? Like it's. That's just the thought right there. I mean, there you go. There's even more money. Now you're in jersey sales. So, why not? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that'll. I think they get a kickback of that anyway, just because it's it's jersey sales. But mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see the, the NHL going for that, and I don't see the fans going for it. Because if there's if there's let's just say there's a DraftKings logo on a Rangers jersey, you're gonna turn off so many fans from buying jerseys. It's not even funny. Like, look at all the comments in here. Like, yeah. this, this is something that I've seen all across social media where fans are saying no to ads. They they don't want it. So um, I I don't think it's going to happen. And I, I just I, – I can't see it because you're really playing with fire doing that. I mean, I, I find two things ironic about my um, my editorial right now. For starters, one, I'm also wearing – a shirt that says live over par. That's my friend's Instagram account. Uh, hopefully uh, a sister channel we're going to have. Go ahead, check that out. That's golf humor. And of course, after we monetize, we're actually going to have ads and I'm complaining about people wanting more money. Well, yeah, that's what all businesses work on. Hi, Under Armour. Hi. Yeah. 
CCM. Yeah. So right now, Anthony is technically the only person not shilling. So uh, commend him <laughs> on that. But guys, go ahead. What do you think about ads on jerseys? So um, put it all down in the comments below. And of course, don't oh, uh, don't ever forget to like, share, and subscribe. And I got to throw that on there one more time so I don't have to edit that in later. But um, so we're going to move on from that. What I need to do is I need to cut in the scene from Wayne's World where he's like, contract or no, I will bow to no sponsor. Uh, but all right, who wants to go next? Anthony. Anthony. Uh, yeah, I'll go. Yeah. All right. Sure. All right, let's bring on Mr. Sean Connery. They just do what they always do. Why is he you know, playing like, Leo Komarov on the first line? Like, welcome to the Rock. So, there's a lot of every year it seems to be this way, but there's very prominent restricted free agents that are still unsigned into August, um, into September. In some cases, you know, like Matt Barzell uh, into training camp, uh, Nylander. Uh, William Nylander a couple of years ago in Toronto. And it makes you wonder, should – I know they have the date of December 1st for an RFA to sign before – if they're eligible to play in the season. But should they make a date where RFAs have to sign by a certain date in the summer? Because if you think about it, it could be good for league-wide transactions. A lot of teams um, hold some moves, possibly you know, the Islanders may be one of them. But some teams hold back making moves until they have all their business in order and all their RFA signed to finally determine how much cap space they have. And I think if you instituted a date, I'm just going to make one up, um, August 1st, um, all restricted free agents have to be signed. Then teams, you, you know your full, your full picture with the cap um, the rest of the summer. So if you have to make a trade leading up to training camp or before the season starts, you know you know your housekeeping. And a lot of these guys, I think, kind of hold up their teams in some ways. And in some ways, they also hold up some activity across the league. Like, especially in the prominent ones, you know, Elias Pettersson in Vancouver, Quinn Hughes, you know, Anthony Beauvillier, Ilya Sorokin. Um, and there's, a much, there's much more that, I just can't think of it at the moment, top of my head. But there's a lot of prominent RFAs that are out there every season. And I think that the league, it's something that could benefit the league. Now, I know they have the December 1st deadline of where you need to sign before you can get locked out and you can't play. And that's good. But at that point, that doesn't help. That doesn't really help the team in terms of off-season moves. If the season already began, you already have to be cap compliant, etc. So, um, well, it's all well and good. I think they should have a date in the summer where these guys have to sign by. I think it's. I think it'd be good for the teams. I think it'd be good for the league. Um, and it's just something that you scratch your head and wonder. You know, does it really benefit anybody to have you know Elias Pettersson unsigned going into training camp? I don't think it does. Uh, and I think if you have a real deadline, it would put a lot of pressure on these agents and teams to get things done. Because right now, all these players and teams, there's. There's no sense of urgency. There's no there's no pressure. I mean, look at arbitration. When they come out with a list of players every year who file for arbitration, and how many of those cases actually get to where they have a hearing? What would you say? Maybe 10% of cases actually get to a hearing? No. Again, it's because they have a drop-dead date they want to avoid, and, you come, and they come to an agreement. 
happens every summer. So if there was an RFA deadline date where they had to be signed by, these guys that don't file arbitration, I can guarantee you 95% of the time would be signed before that deadline. You're telling me Elias Pedersen wouldn't be wouldn't be signed right now if the if the date for him to sign was by tomorrow? No. But just do it. I think I think it would be good for everybody. You guys could chime in what you think. Yeah, um, I, I get what you're saying, and on paper it sounds great. It's just the players' association would never go for that. They would never go for it, and I, I think we all know that. Um, it, you're just you're just making it harder on players. It, it, it gives leverage to teams at that point. You're, you're, you're taking away a contract, uh, contract negotiation leverage tactic uh, for the player. And that's, that's what it comes down to. And that's why the players most likely will never go for that. Um, would it make sense to move up that December deadline to maybe training camp? Sure. I mean, that would, that would be better. That would be better for the, the team. Yeah. But you're, you're, you're taking away something from the player and maybe there's a middle ground to be had there. Maybe November 1st would be better. Um, I don't even know. Maybe October, the start of the season. I, I just I, I don't get how you can how you could do that to the players. And I don't see how the players would ever, ever agree to that. So makes sense in theory. Just don't see it happening. Uh, yeah, I forgot that I muted because I was typing as you were uh, talking. Um, the uh, I, I think it's one of those that it makes sense to me what you're trying to say and to get it. Because, by the way, uh, prolonged contract holdouts benefit no one. I don't think it does. I mean, usually it'll – if they know they're holding out, they're holding out an extra day or whatever isn't going gonna, isn't gonna to work. And – uh, I'd rather have everybody signed as soon as possible. I actually agree with you in, in practice on this, but unfortunately, I think John's right. I think it's going to take away a negotiating tactic from the the players' association. They don't want to do that. Um, which is I, which is what is what does it take away? It takes away the threat of a holdout. Yeah, sure. But what is still a dead anyway? It's just it's just it's stupid. Like I, I understand you guys are right. The player the the PA would probably never go for it, but. You know, in most cases, these guys are RFAs. I mean, it's not like they're established ten-year veterans. I mean, you'll get you can get an elite player who's an RFA that's already had a bunch of success. But I mean, it's 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 silly to me. But you're right. I know the PA wouldn't go for it. But I just think that whole the leverage of being able to say, okay, well, if you don't give me what I want, I'll hold out and have a drag into camp. Doesn't the do whole system needs to change. Doesn't do anything for the team. The, the entire system needs a change. It, it, it's screwed. His players don't get to decide to where they go until they're 27 years old at the very youngest. That's stupid. Players should be able to decide at 25 where they want to go. And yet, oh, well, that's not fair to the teams. Okay. Well, that's not fair to the players either. Okay. But uh, on the other hand with that, it's also like um, if, you, if we do that, we start reducing uh, where players uh, – when and where players decide to go, then you're gonna you're gonna end up becoming the NBA. Okay. Like, so then, so then reduce the term on on max contracts as well. Then, instead of giving them seven years as free agents, give them five. And 
And I know the players would never go for that, but you know, they, they've got to make a concession if they want to be able to choose where they want to go. So, you know, it, the negotiations are when both sides make a concession. That's a, that's when a deal is struck in, in life in all walks. So, Give them, like give man them the, married. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> give give them give them the opportunity to choose where they want to go earlier, but give them lesser term on those max deals. You know, and if you want to, if you want to decide where you want to go, okay, lesser term then on a max deal. Change change the RFA system, change the entry level system. Then at that point, allow players to get paid a little more on entry level deals. And the whole thing with the, the NCAA holdouts where they play the four years and then they're not under contract anymore and they're free agents and you decide where they want to go. The Euro, the, the Euro leagues, it, it, it sucks for European players, mainly the KHL because the K I was actually having this discussion the other day with Sapboy boy, Steven, we were, we were talking about how a KHL player because of the, the transfer agreement and the fact that the NHL doesn't want to compensate for more than the first 10 transfers per year, the K the KHL doesn't want to, uh, doesn't want to give uh, the NHL more players and everything. It, it, it's terrible because they get screwed because they're losing so much money and talent on this. So if the NHL who claims to make money hand over fist, and they were talking about all these record revenues from year to year before COVID happened, you can't give the NA, if you can't give the KHL more money for the players that you're stealing from them, then don't talk about record profits because, you know, the transfer agreement could have been reworked and this would be so much easier on KHL players. That's why you have guys like Sorokin and then that didn't want to come over until a certain age. And then they want to go right to restricted free agency because they don't want to play for what's considered peanuts to them in the NHL making under a million dollars a year when they can make three, four, five million dollars a year in the KHL at home and then come over to the NHL at a certain age and make more money. So you know what? This whole system needs to be fixed. Like kind of how uh Kirill Kaprizov is just bending Minnesota over a barrel, knowing yes. hey, I got I'm an RFA right now, but uh, I want my money or I, I want a short term deal so I can get more money in three years. So and then I decide where to go. In the meantime, Bill Guerin's going, but in three years, we're going to be able to pay you bigger money. Uh, and they might not be good for a few years with them. So it's, I think they'll end up compromising. They might end up compromising at four years or so. I don't know. They're not, they're not signing him to a seven or eight year deal. There's no way he's going to do that. It probably won't even do six. I mean, maybe if they do four and they up it to nine and a half, 10 million, maybe he takes it. But yeah, it's going to be, see what happens there. But before we move on to the next topic, um, let's also think about it like this. So Connor McDavid wins the MVP his second season or third season. Um, and Peter Shirelli hands him that huge deal. Let's say he doesn't. Let's say he says, I need you to sign like a $4 million bridge deal just because, I mean, after all, we already had a broken clavicle with you. There's some injury concerns. Now the NHL would go into a season. McDavid says, screw it. I'm holding out. So he holds out waiting for his next contract. And then we get another situation like Alexa Yashin, uh, Michael Pekka, uh, who held out a full season. 
Um, Yashin, did Yashin hold out two or just one? I, no, I, I, one. It's just one. one. Okay. He, he, held, he held out the 99-2000 year and then ended up playing for Ottawa the next year anyway, and then he got traded. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he had a holdout year that was – yeah, he had a holdout year that was sandwiched between a 94-point season and an 88-point season. So, and then he ended up being dealt after that last year. So, so now you have your MVP, your face of the league, your young franchise player that you want to market everywhere holding out. That's where I think Anthony's right about this, that the deadlines would actually be a good thing because now you can actually get these players signed, get them in the camp, or get or get solution. Or, or I mean – or a resolution, I mean. Uh, like, what's the one thing we're complaining about with Jack Eichel? There's not a resolution in sight. We're, we're targeting four weeks from now. So now we got to hope that that's done by then or it's going to be done by July 1st. And then it's after done by July 1st, then it's going to be Eichel with a no-move clause. So awesome. We're, we got we could have potentially four more years of Jack Eichel rumors. So it's the, the, the deadline could work, Anthony, and I agree with it. I just don't see the, the players ever giving it up. But uh, what do you guys think? Uh, is Anthony onto something here? Uh, put it all down in the comments below. Leave us a like, share, and subscribe. And are you ready, John? All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going nowhere. You're going nowhere. Then there's no I'm looking at you, John. I'm going to hear the up. name, and I'm going to get PTSD. But the cream rise to the top for you. Well, August 9th, 1988, day that will live forever, some ways and some places in infamy. In some places, it was a day that opened up a lot of doors. I'm talking about the trade that sent my idol to L.A. from Edmonton, Mr. Wayne Gretzky. Um. Probably the biggest trade in sports history, a trade that revolutionized the sport and expanded it to markets that it had never seen before. 30 years later, or 30, 33 years later now, we're going to have a team that's going to have an opening night in Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. We have Las Vegas. We had San Jose, Florida. Tampa Bay, Dallas, all the markets, Arizona that have been Anaheim that have been expanded on since uh, the Wayne Gretzky trade was probably the single biggest player transaction in the history of any sport, not because of the impact it had on the ice itself, but the impact it had on the sport as a whole. You don't have a Mighty Ducks movie without that Wayne Gretzky trade. You don't have world. You don't have Walt Disney starting up a hockey team and making three hockey movies and giving hockey to a generation of youngsters in the '90s that maybe would have never gotten into hockey without this trade. You don't have players like Austin Matthews who were born in Arizona raised in California, so on. But you don't have those players in those Sun Belt states 
getting all this exposure to hockey and, and getting turned on to hockey. I mean, even St. Louis. I mean, St. Louis had been a hockey market for a while beforehand, but Wayne Gretzky helped build that up. Now, it, what he did was for the greatness and, and for the benefit of an entire sport. And he could have vetoed that trade that day. He said that. If you ever go back and you watch the interviews, he stated that he had a last-minute chance to veto the trade and say, no, I don't want to leave Edmonton. But he did it. And he did it because he knew it would help the sport. He had an MVP season in 1989, even though Mario Lemieux finished that year with 199 points. He went on to play in the Stanley Cup Finals in L.A. in 1993, turning, turning back the clock at 32 years old, scoring 40 points in a single postseason. I mean, what Wayne Gretzky did was for the benefit of an entire sport. He's the reason I got into hockey. I mean, if you guys remember L.A. Gear, they're sketchers now. And L.A. Gear was famous for two things, the light-up sneakers and the street hockey sneakers. Mark Messier, Brett Hull, Wayne Gretzky. I had the Wayne Gretzky ones. That Kings jersey that I had that was black and silver, I had that in white when I was a kid. And I had the Easton gloves, the black, white, and gray ones, and the shoes, and the Easton Classics aluminum silver shaft with the, the, the with the black blade on it. And I used to play hockey with my friends in the street because I wanted to be like Wayne Gretzky. And who knows, maybe EA Sports, maybe their NHL series doesn't blow up without somebody like Gretzky. Because that was another thing that hooked hockey kids, kids into hockey in the 90s. It was NHL 94, 95. Those were two amazing games. So um, I I look back on this trade and I, I, I say to myself that where the hell would I be right now? I might not even be doing this podcast with you guys if, if that never happened. Who knows? You know? So thoughts from you guys. Go ahead. Anthony, you first. Um, well, the Gretzky trade didn't get me into hockey. That, that was just my dad. But you're right about everything. I mean, the trade to L.A. Um, opened up to the, the NHL door with getting popularity in the Sun Belt states. Hockey in California got got big because of it. Um, and then, you know, like I said, putting a team in Arizona, you know, Vegas, all those years later. Um, you know, so it's you, you wonder if he didn't get traded to to LA you know the domino effects may that followed may not have so um as a monumental trade I, I think you know he really proved that hockey could work in certain markets um you know look even like the the Panthers the Panthers don't get a lot of fans and such but even them having a team expansion team in the early 90s that was a lot of that was probably the NHL wanted an experiment with a team in a non-traditional hockey market because they saw how, you know, the, how Gretzky made the Kings in Los Angeles. Um, so, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you could think of a situation that, that had such an impact on, on something as this trade did. Um, but, you know, you reference Austin, Ma Austin Matthews in Arizona. You know, that's where he was born. He was into hockey. Um, you know, there have been players over the years that have been from California that made the league. Um, you know, so it's, yeah, it's definitely, you can't, you can't deny 
the dots and how they connect here. Um, you know, you got to wonder if he stays in Edmonton, you know, do, well, not just the effects on, you know, the trade itself, but if Gretzky stays in Edmonton, you know, do they have a longer run with the Oilers and how much more successful they could have been. So there's that angle to look at it too. But um, overall, I think the trade was a win for, for everything, the game, the game itself included. So, um, you know, 99 is known as the great one. And this is one of the very few reasons of why. The immense amount of personal sacrifice that Wayne Gretzky went through for that trade to happen. Because uh, his life, not just Edmonton Oilers, the NHL, everything was at a crossroads. Um, he was going to get paid like the superstar that he was. That's what they were looking to do. Um, he was married to an actress or getting married to an actress at the time. And Janet Jones, who her career was going very well. Um, he, then him moving out really was the expansion of the NHL. And it's it's something that I kind of look back on the Gretzky documentaries and say, I go, yeah, yeah, it kind of is, but it was going to grow. No, he, he made it. He was the most marketable athlete that there was. And he's one of the few players that knows I, I am the most marketable athlete in my sport or ever knew. And I can't misbehave in any way. Like uh, Rick Riley wrote a biography on him. And uh, Wayne Gretzky looked at it and went, this is this book is fantastic, but uh, you're going to have to gut this because I can't be this controversial figure or anything. I can't see there being much controversy with Wayne Gretzky anyway. The guy's one of the most mild-mannered uh, athletes ever, or especially major athletes. Um, but he, he could have said, no, I'm staying in Edmonton because he didn't want to leave. Um, we all know about the, the press conference and especially him crying and saying, I promised mess. I wouldn't do this. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I can't imagine being a guy. Uh, I forgot how old he was. 28, maybe, uh, it was an Edmonton. He was 27 at the time. 27. Thank you. So 27 and, um, having so many life changes and just, just going, all right, uh, I'm going to move on. And he had the weight of Canada on top of him. The United States was, was reporting about this left and right. There was talk about him going to the New York Rangers. It was everywhere. And, um, this, this is the, I agree with you, John, this is the biggest trade in sports, uh, because it affected a league. It affected the player. And it affected franchises. And even though Edmonton would go on and win another Stanley Cup, uh, L.A. was right back in the – well, they were in their first Stanley Cup finals. And, you know, the, I, I, I run out of words to describe this trade. And Wayne Gretzky was the only person I think that could pull this off. He was their most marketable asset. And, and he did it. So – and now it's, yeah. now it's now it's a game that does have to be played on ice. Street hockey is is really a thing. Yeah, it. it, it, it I was just going to say. I mean, roller hockey is is huge in the U.S. now. Huge. It's played all over. So I mean, and that was a big part of it because there you know there's a lot of places where ice time's hard to get, and all three of us know this. So 
Um, it, it, it's done so much on several different platforms for the sport. So I, I can't really say enough about this trade. Also, you know what's kind of funny? We're, we're, all, we're giving all the credit to Wayne Gretzky. Put this in, well, let me put this in perspective for everybody for a second. That Wayne Gretzky really popularized roller hockey and, and hockey itself all over the United States. At that time in the league, there was superstar, or there was a, well, really good American player by the name of Joey Mullen, who's from Hell's Kitchen, who basically learned the game uh, from predominantly from roller hockey. Yep. So it's, and Brian Mullen too, his brother, former Ranger, uh, Joey Mullen, first ever uh, American to score 500 goals. And, yep. and people forget that. And Wayne Gretzky, everything he did, he marketed this game. The pro beach hockey. I remember that. V, v, yeah. v form skates with the, with the wheels yeah. that would go one way and then the other. Yeah, that those skates were ridiculous. I tried skating in them once, couldn't do it. I mean, Pro Beach Hockey was great. I forgot who the host of the show is. All I know is that uh, every time I looked Should've up, could have been you. Who was it? <laughs> could have been you. No, could have been me. Could have been me. But no, she. I, I I forgot the girl's name. Uh, she was much prettier than I am. So, so I'll just leave it at that. Um, but no, it was fantastic. All right. So what do you think about the Wayne Gretzky trade? Um, how much did that change your sport? And did, was that your first introduction to hockey? Um, put it all down in the comments below, guys. And if you haven't seen, which, docu which documentary do you want to recommend for that? I would say Ultimate Gretzky is, is probably the best one I've seen. Um, it's 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 a longer one, but Ultimate Gretzky was probably the best one that I've seen. It, it's in depth. It came out in the early two thousands, I believe two thousand three. Um, but Ultimate Gretzky is really the one that I would watch if I were if I were a fan looking into uh, Gretzky's career. All right, well, because yeah, the uh, Peter Berg documentary that was recommend that um, was the first ESPN thirty for thirty. I'd recommend that one. That should be that's a good one ESPN. too. Yes, and that had all the different things uh, that were going into there, Pockington and uh, all the interviews. And, of course, people that were referring to Janet Jones as Yoko Ono. So they're, <laughs> still, they're still married to this day, people. So it was not just some sham or anything. Um, yeah. John, first, uh, you want to go with any rumors around the league? It's quiet. There's nothing really going on rumors wise. Um, I haven't. Everybody's off the cottages. Silent. Yeah, I just, there's nothing. Yeah, we're we're, oh. we're radio silent right now. It, it's going to be that way. I probably would say until I'm probably going to say till the end of this month, maybe even training camp, because it's the old, yeah. The yeah. old the only news you're getting right now is players is players um. Settling before arbitration, you know, UC Saros resigned yesterday. Yesterday, Kevin Fiala. Um, I think there's just two cases left: Nikita Zadorov and Travis Sanheim in Philly. Um, so those two guys will probably sign in short order. Um, and there, yeah, there's 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 not much out there in, in trade rumors. Um, even the remaining, you want to talk about the remaining unrestricted free agents. There's not many left. Um, 
I mean, there's if you look at the list, you say to yourself, oh, okay, you know, he's a good player, he's a good player, but when you try and think about the top of your head, there's not one that really comes out as like, oh, wow, you know, I wonder what the rumors surrounding him are. You know, Sammy Votnin is a free agent. He's probably the best defenseman left that's out there. Um, could he help a power play, be a bottom pair guy? Yeah. Um, I mean, Eric Gustafson, he had that, what, 56-point season with, with Chicago a couple of years back, but his game is – yeah, thank you. His, his game has really fell off. At this point, I don't think he's really a viable NHL defenseman. Um, so Daniel Chara, you know, he hasn't made a decision on whether or not he wants to play or not. Um, you know, that will probably come maybe closer to training camp. Our um, guest. Yeah, our guest, Michael Grabner. Um, Derek Broussard. Derek Broussard's out there. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not, you know, this. Guys like that that are really left. Guys that can help a team, but no one earth-shattering that you're going to hear like rumors on. So, at this point, no. it is what it is. Um, you know, and like I said, you know, come training camp, uh, I think that's when we'll start to kick back up with some rumors. The Jack Eichel rumors will probably start again. Uh, you know, maybe you start to hear some movement on Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, but right now, is uh, there's not really much going on. Which, by the way, all that is great for an upstart YouTube channel that's trying to expand their audience <laughs> as much as possible when there's not much going on. But you know what? All that's great because you guys are still tuning in every single week, and uh, it's, it's been phenomenal. We're growing because of you, and thank you on uh, everybody that keeps supporting us. Um, also, uh, to – I, I – just to announce something else, we're still in the infancy of the, the changeover, but uh, I got to hide this banner. I have it over here. Uh, oh, I did have it over there. Damn it. Where did I forget it? There, okay. Uh, we also started a group called Big Apple Hockey, so uh, feel free to join that because uh, this is what we have for this. People keep saying to me, he's going uh, – that's great. What's the horse for? They're playing in Belmont, people. That's yeah. I think the horse works very nice. Very nice on this one. So, yeah, we uh, definitely uh, want to get the uh, the devils in on that too. Um, yes, we then and I'm gonna I'm gonna get the devils in on there as well. Um, but I just I did it all yesterday. We were a little bit pressed for time. Uh, but also the other announcement to say is over the next week we will be changing the name of our podcast and channel to Big Apple Hockey. Uh, I'll have a video and a link for everything. So there's, we don't want to lose a single subscriber, uh, just in case if something goes wrong, hopefully that won't be the case. Um, cause I gotta trust all my YouTube metaphors. Yeah. I like the horse. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, um, oh, yeah, by the way, the, sorry, uh, sorry, go ahead. Kate. Anthony. The KHL uses um, like uses horses like that when they have like uh, their come playoff time where they have like brackets of which team is in which state. Some of those teams have like a horse as the as the logo. But well, I stole um, it from yeah, no, I, I, so <laughs> yeah, I, I I like it. I like it. I think I think it's a good name. I think it represents our roots. Um, but then it also you know, obviously doesn't include how we cover league wide stuff, but overall I think it's a, I think it's a great name. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, I like it. it. It's more inclusive. I think we'll get more eyes on us too. I know some of the Ranger fans in here will probably be like, "Oh no, you're gonna have to talk about the other two teams more now." So, but I mean, it's hockey discussion, and that's what we want to do. It's it, it. We wanna we wanna be able to expand and talk about more teams around the league and talk about the other two teams in the area as well. We wanna we wanna grow this channel and. Trust me, there will be more than enough Ranger content because the two of us up top will make sure that that is absolutely the damn case, and you all know that. Uh, the one down on the bottom will make sure that there's more than enough Islander content. So all you Islander fans that are in here watching, commenting, you will you will be you will be represented well. So right. And it's and and look, it's also uh, I would love it to be a place where we can completely shit talk each other, but also we gotta watch out for uh, internet guidelines, and sometimes just keyboard commandos. But we're we're and, expanding. This is what we're this is what we're doing. And we aren't just uh, you know three schmucks, if you will, talking hockey. We have we have connections, as evident by Michael Grabner and Marty Buran and Dave Panyota. So. Um, Stay tuned, guys, because you know we'll we'll continue to get those names on here and provide you guys with entertaining um, interviews and you know where you can have a laugh and get some you know intel as well. So, yeah, I, I but Brody, I noticed that with your with your logo that you're a fan of the Rangers, the Sabers, the Canucks, and the Oilers. Wow, that's yeah. So. I'm a McJesus uh, guy, so yeah, and I was a Gretzky guy. I actually own a Gretzky Oilers jersey as well, so I have to finish up my Gretzky collection. I got to get my hands in a, a '96 World Cup of Hockey Team Canada Gretzky jersey, and I've got to get my hands on a St. Louis Blues Gretzky one, and I'm trying to find a reasonably priced. Uh, Canada Cup, either 87 or 91 Gretzky jersey as well. And that's probably going to be a lot harder than it. Than it. So, so you got a. Uh, go ahead. You got some questions there from people, Mark? Uh, yeah. Well, by the way, we're going to start taking your questions, everybody. And um, also, I, I do have to admit, I, I kind of made a faux pas a Sunday night uh, that a guy comes in wearing a Ranger jersey. Um, his name was Kevin. Uh, great guy. Uh, that I was talking to him and he was wearing it and it's a 93 and for some reason I thought immediately Peter Nedved, moron. Um, so, you know, of course it was the Mika Zibanejad, so you know, brain fart in the absolute worst way. Um, I'll, I'll go into some here. Um, this one, I don't know if we can really yeah. answer this fully just because but it, we developed it during off the post and Anthony did a lot of hard work on that. And um, his hard work is obviously paying off as you guys can see. So well, I, I can say that Anthony does a hell of a job getting the guests on here. Um, that's his work. He works his ass off on those guys. Um, Thank you. We know if we had Michael Grabner for sure until like, Till just before he came on, so yeah. uh, Anth was yeah. great on that. So yeah, uh, Anth, if you want to go further on this, I, I I'll leave the yeah. ball right there. Thanks. Well, thank you. Um, so yeah, Michael Grabner. You know, I, I was I was texting him. Um, 
you know, the reason why we kind of didn't like tag him and plaster it all over was because while it seemed that he was going to come on, he never didn't really get the definitive 100% until kind of like, you know, maybe like 10 minutes before he came on. Um, but yeah, as far as no, we our connections not through friends. It's us ourselves. Um, you know, John and I had our show off the post. You know, we covered the draft in Dallas. Um, you know, and let's just say, you know, I have I have access to you know certain media guides um, from that, and I still do. So, um, you know, just from you know, I guess you know, good reputation of interviewing other people. You know, word travels, and you know, most of the time people are receptive to uh, to coming on. But yeah. Um, like John so kindly said, you know, I work hard at getting people on here and I hope to continue to do that for you guys. So now I'm not going to lie. I, I don't think I'm ever going to be getting big Lou on here or anybody like that because, uh, <laughs> he shuts that stuff down, but, um, you know, for sure, analysts, analysts, players, you know, broadcasters, that's all on our wheelhouse. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep bringing that to you. And, and to give you um, guys some further references, we'll, we'll give you some of the names that we've had on on Off the Post. Mike Lang, former TV, now radio guy of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Scratched my back with a hacksaw. Yeah. Get that dog off my porch. <laughs> that guy. Uh, if you want more incredible goal calls, Randy Moeller, uh, radio guy in Florida. Oh, Alexander Barkov, I go to work like a doctor. Yeah, that. By the way, former New York Ranger Randy Muller. Former New York Ranger and Sabre Randy Muller. Um, Joe Beninati, Craig Lachlan, and Alan May for um, Comcast, uh, or now NBC Sports Washington, Washington Capitals broadcasts their play-by-play, um, uh, caller commentary, and behind the, uh, in the benches guy. Um, Brendan Burke, Brendan Burke, New York Islanders and NBC Sports National, Stan Fischler, Steve Mears, Steve yeah. Mears, and yeah, we're Nick working Angelosi. on Valley. We yeah, guys, we are yeah. on Valley. So um, I'm work, I'm working on Valley. Uh, hopefully, it's something I could you know get here in the coming Anthony yeah, is also working on Kevin Weeks as well. Yeah. Ooh. So yeah, we're yeah we're working on those two. Um, also, I mean, we've had uh, Steve Cangelosi from the Devils. Um, uh, I've personally interviewed Sam Cosentino of Sportsnet and Alan May. Alan May was one of the guys I had personally. I personally interviewed Dar- uh, John Shannon. Um, we Dennis Potvin. Dennis Potvin has actually trolled me on air. That was <laughs> that- <on> air. <laughs> Yeah, so Anthony kind of told Dennis Potvin that I used to chant the Potvin sucks chants a lot. <laughs> Dennis yeah. had some fun with that, so I, I ended up the ass end of a joke. But um, and thank you, Johnny. We appreciate that. Yes, and I, I try to keep it to a minimum. Sometimes it's 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 just slips. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. Try to, you know, profession, professional and professionalism goes a long way with people. You know, we don't want to be um, just you know kind of trashy or anything like that offend anybody so we try to keep it no. PC to an extent no. yeah we're, we're 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 not we're not a podcast version of jerry springer or anything like that so um we're, we're not going to be like that but we like like i said there there's even more names that i i don't want to go on and on about the names that we've had but this we like to keep 
teetering the line between professionalism and fun. Because once we start getting a little too more towards professionalism, it becomes a little boring and becomes a little informative. Like there are other shows out there that I watch on YouTube that are extremely informative, but they're not as fun because it's, it's an informative type of video. And that's fine. That's totally fine. But we have our method. You guys seem to like it. We love it. We don't have to change what we are to stay within our guidelines. And that's what we want to do. So, you know, they always say, use what brought you to the dance. Burn the dance. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, uh, what I like about you guys and your networking is it lets me focus on content, which I think that's where my expertise is. So if you want to even call it that. Uh, and what's below expertise? I don't know where this one. I, I, but, uh, I would say we're we're kind of like the Power Rangers. We're like a Megazord that comes together, or Voltron. <laughs> you know, we, you know, everything just comes together. And 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 honestly, this comment says it right here. We're authentic. That's what we want to be. We don't want to be a. We don't want to be some sort of knockoff of another show. We want to be ourselves and we want to have fun with this because that's that's what this is. Ultimately, it's three guys BSing about hockey, but we want to be informative too and we want to break things down, but we want to have fun because it's funny. I was at I was at Boss Croakers the other night and I had somebody tell me that one of the best things about our show was the fact that we are authentic and that people can relate to us because we're we're not we're not super uptight. We're not super professional, but we are professional to a point. And I think that's what works for us. And judging from the comments, I think you guys agree. And I'm, I'm happy that you do. So we're, we're going to continue doing what we're doing. We're not going to change. The name change is one thing. And the content and talking more about the other two teams in the area is, is one thing. But we're not changing our formula. We're, it's not going to just you know disappear. It's going to be the same show. And obviously, we're we're getting more eyeballs. We're getting um, more guests. I love I love the guest format now because now if we get a guest on twenty minutes, quick conversations, and then and then they're off. And and, and occasionally we get guys from other stations that stop by too, like Stepway Steven stopped in, did a marathon with John. So it's uh, John. John is the marathon man uh, <laughs> at, at streaming. Uh, <laughs> Like we were gonna have we, one reason why we were we were actually scripted for a short uh, short so, uh, short show today was because he was supposed to go see Corn and Stain tonight, and unfortunately they had to cancel that uh, show. Which, by the way, John, and I do have four extra tickets for the whatever the rain check is. So in case yeah, it's September twenty eighth. We'll we'll talk about that. So all right. Um. So yeah, but I mean that's uh, available for you. But again, it's we're, we're going to always try to produce the best content for you. And it's like I finally started listening to one of the guys that always said, Mark, why do you keep putting music behind everything? I was like, because music makes it all a little bit better. But um, it's it's just uh, it's now it's we're actually our audio is good enough. I don't need the hide bad audio edits behind the music. Uh, also, um uh, damn, I, for, I I had my thought. I just lost it. Anyway, go ahead. I'm going to remember it in a minute, John. Well, uh, I mean, I'm going to go through some of these other comments, and I want to go back to up to 
this one earlier. I'm trying to find it. Abiyor was the best all-around player to ever play the game. Yeah. One of them. I mean, he... Early one of them. If I... If I ever argue a player against Wayne Gretzky for the greatest hockey player ever, it's usually Bobby Orr for me or Gordie Howe. Mario Lemieux was incredible at what he did, and he was dominant, but only Bobby Orr and Gordie Howe have ever dominated the game anywhere close to what Wayne Gretzky did. So that mm-hmm. that's why. Mario Lemieux, I mean, we've seen that. Bobby Orr changed the game, and Gordie was the most dominant player ever before, before Wayne Gretzky came along. So, um, I, I, I'll just, I'll just say that. Um, I do remember one thing that now I, I remember now what I was trying to say, like we're, we're all talking about doing bar meetups and stuff like that. Uh, but also, uh, I had, I, it's, it's not confirmed yet, but I'm supposed to be traveling to Nashville on October 21st to see, uh, the Rangers play there. And I'm going to be with a couple of friends. I'm probably going to have some videos of whenever I'm on the road um, doing things because that is one thing I want to do with this channel. Not only do I want to meet Ranger fans that are here in New York and Long Island and anywhere. I, I literally mean the word anywhere is what comes through. Uh, Dean shows up. He's from he's he's coming in from Greece. Oh, no, there's my headshot again. <laughs> Uh, then, um, then we had a guy blue shirt from Australia, so it would be great to see him again as well. Um, I did one of my biggest thrills, uh, was the, uh, the Edmonton game when, uh, in 20 Macarat's first goal was that 2016. Ah, uh, there it is. There's 2016, 2016. All right. I went and I was in the 100 section with a friend of mine, uh, Nick Padula. And behind us were uh, guys that came in from Germany, and it was their first game. And it was such a thrill uh, being right there with those guys. So, again, uh, my intention for some of my content is not only to do it here in New York, but also to be on the road to see other Ranger fans, stuff like that. I don't know necessarily I'm doing it on this trip, but um, I'd be more than happy to and share any videos of whatever I'm on the road. So uh, here's here's one that we keep talking about, by the way. Johnny Red's got it. Why don't the Rangers trade one of their two uh, top defensive prospects for center prospects? We were actually discussing this uh, last week during our Q&A, which uh, it makes total sense to trade. Like if I wouldn't trade Nels Lundqvist. He's sort of untouchable for me. But if you mean to tell me the, the Rangers can get Alex Turcott for him, now I'm listening. Go yeah, um, I I just think that um, he I, I would do it for Alex Turcott. I would wonder if LA would do it now. Um, if they could get another player, like they just got Brent Clark, so that that kind of helps them out quite a bit. I I, I think Brent Clark could end up being arguably the best defenseman from this draft, at least offensively. He's got the, uh, he's got the skill level there. His skating needs a little work because his mechanics are really kind of weird and clunky, but I mean, he gets 
to the places where he needs to be, and he moves pretty well somehow for it. Um, but I, I would do it. I just don't know if LA will do it at this point. Um, they kind of got one of the guys that they needed, so yeah, yeah. they're looking a little better there. But if I, if I could pull off uh, Nils Lundqvist for Alex Turcott, I would probably do it if I'm the Rangers or Braden Schneider, whatever, whatever, whatever one that they want out of those two. I would I would personally pull the trigger on that deal. By the way, Johnny, just to mention, and sorry, we're going to jump back to Bob Yor for a second. That's where one when people talk about the quality of Eric Carlson's defense, they usually say, "Well, he has the puck." So that's the reason why he's good defensively. But Bobby Orr, yeah, he would always have the puck. But Bobby Orr was was a very good defensive defenseman too. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Dave is in for uh, just got back from ice hop. Uh, I hop. Ugh, ice hop. Ice hop. <laughs> I swear to God, my slips are almost as good as the president's. So. Um, or was before my time, unfortunately. Yeah, you know what? All these things. Before my time, here's a stat I need to check out whether or not they changed something. Bob, you were, uh, I think it was a plus 134. Yeah. My question in, is in one season. Right. Was that before they changed the power play rule or was it still? Because I mean, I don't think you could get there without power play goals being uh, counted as pluses. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'd imagine that probably had to do with the power play rule, but. It's still, it's ri- ridiculous. Bobby yeah. Orr is the only defenseman to ever win the Art Ross trophy. I, I mean, I think Eddie Shore might have won the scoring trophy as a defenseman beforehand, and maybe even Doug Harvey. But um, you, you literally, Bobby Orr is the only one to win the Art Ross. So, yeah. So I mean that's, I mean that that goes without saying. That's just, um, that's incredible. Like, I have this argument with a friend of mine, and I I think this is like the second straight week we're bringing it up. But um, as a matter of fact, it is John from Live Over Park, uh, who's also, by the way, all things Islanders, and the reason why I started all things Rangers to begin with. But Anthony's back clearly. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, the um, we always kind of have the debate. I'll debate or Gretzky. Lemieux is fourth. Uh, Howe's got a stake. But Wayne Gretzky is is the greatest player to me. I we the better debate is who's your second. Do you mean to move uh like your car and stuff out of the way for you guys? Uh, what? Yeah, I think he was talking to his landscapers. I'm. Probably, yeah. Need to move the car out of the way. Yeah, probably. Uh, he's okay. he's adulting right now. Yeah. Um, who's um, the second best defenseman? Second best defenseman of all time for me, Ray Bork. I'm going to go Nick Lidstrom, and neither one of bad choices. No, no wrong answer there. Um, I'll give you my argument for Bork over Lidstrom. Um, Ray Bork played during the greatest generation of defensemen we probably will ever see. And mm-hmm. the best one of them, and won five Norris trophies in an era that featured Leach, Harry Suter, Al McInnes, Blake, uh, Chris Chelios, who won there three, we go. Paul Coffey, um, Larry Murphy. 
I mean, these were some of the greatest defensemen you'll ever see. And Ray Bork was head and shoulders above all of them. So, to me, Nicholas Lidstrom didn't win his first um, Norris Trophy until he was, I believe, 31 years old. And he didn't win it until Bork's final season. He didn't win it until Leach was entering the back nine of his career. So was pretty much done by that point. Um, Coffee was, I think that was Paul Coffee's last season in the, in the league. Um, Chelios was not the same defenseman by then. Uh, and he played with a lot of these guys in the 90s, Nick Lidstrom. So yeah. I, would, I would put Lidstrom at three because of that. I think there was just lesser competition for Lidstrom to worry about. And it's no knock on guys like Chris Pronger, Zanino Chara, Scott Niedermeyer, so on. And another guy that we forget that probably could have and should have won a Norris during his day, Scott Stevens also played during uh, Ray, Ray Bork's prime. And yeah. Scott Stevens' best years were also during Ray Bork's younger years. So, um, I mean, yeah. Scott Stevens, by the way, you talk about a guy that changed his career around completely. He was an offensive defenseman. He was oh, he's always he was physical throughout his entire career, but he was like a tremendous offensive defenseman and he sacrificed offense for defense and he won three Stanley Cups because of that. Yeah. Um, Johnny, just to tell you, uh, out of all the players in history, I could go back and watch. I wish I watched more Andy Bathgate. Um, just in general, I, I always hear stories about how good Andy Bathgate was. And I just, I got to go with what I see from Rangers archive footage. Granny, um, do you think uh, Ovi's going to break that record? And the answer on that, I'll tell you, as uh, now I'll mute Anthony. So uh, uh, the answer I'll tell you on that, we had that on the last upload. It was uh, Anthony's uh, Ovi targeting Wayne Gretzky uh, video. I think it's going to be close. I think he's going to get to 860. Uh, I don't think – I think if he gets within 20, he plays an extra season and breaks it. Silk. Trying to deal for five years. And he's 164 goals away. So by that, he's going to need about 30 goals a year. It, it's possible. It, it just, I wonder, it's very possible, actually. Um, I just wonder if his body starts to break down. Uh, I wonder how his skating. Uh, continues to if it does it continue to regress or as has it already regressed and this is kind of just the skater he's going to be i mean his game has become very one-dimensional offensively over the years and that's been happening for a while i mean this is this was a guy that i've gone on record saying that he was one of the most exciting players i ever see in his first i would say maybe five years in the league when he would just skate through teams and score i mean he's not like that anymore um, that's probably helped him extend his career, but I mean, it's possible. I, I just, it, it's, it's going to depend. It's going to depend on whether he can, um, whether he can stay healthy really. And, and, and does his body start to break down a little bit? Right, so Especially when you play a physical style of game, the way he does. Yes. And that's, that's the other thing. 
I don't see him shying away from a hit. The thing I could always give him credit for is uh, that he still hasn't, um, he still hasn't been that, like he, like a guy that overexerts himself, lays on a huge check, and then injures himself in that. So, because that's the other thing, people got to remember about that. You're hitting somebody, and you're also making contact with their body. I mean, I know, I know, lots of people that injure themselves on checks. I mean, I never did, but. Fortunately, uh, that's one thing during uh, my younger days when I was hitting people. Um, but, you know, it's uh, I just can see him uh, when he when he's not as good of a skater, just finding dead ice and scoring. So there you go. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be tough. Uh, I, I I think he can. I just I don't know. It's really those last two years of that deal where I'm really looking at it like, are you going to continue to be able to score 30 goals in those last two years? You know, it just, he's played a lot of games. He really has. He's and has- by the way, Dan, and no, he doesn't. Uh, like uh, Panarin yeah. plays 90 seconds of power play time, which is one thing I wonder if that's going to continue this year. Uh, because. I think he's still going to take a little bit more power play time, but does that cut into say Jacob Truba on the second unit or Nils Lundqvist? So, because uh, again, I am, I am putting money on it. Nils Lundqvist is on this team, and then what aspect he is, don't know. After that, I mean, he's not taking the spot of the Norris Trophy winner. I'll tell you that. Yeah, hold no, yeah, uh, Adam Fox. Is going to uh, going to uh, have that power play spot for a very very long time as long as he sets free. Um, I'm actually going to address this comment right here. Uh, Ziga, no, he's actually not. I mean, if you want to be mad at Dennis Potvin for the Olaf Nilsson hit, it's fine. I understand it, but having actually talked to Dennis Potvin, like Anthony and I have, very very nice guy. Um, and um, I'm actually going to pull out Anthony for a little bit and wait until he gets back. Uh, the uh, the one thing he's maintained uh, throughout the entire time, I always say you can spot a liar when they don't ever match up their stories. But he's said the same thing. He, when he hits uh, Nielsen, he looks down and sees that his foot was stuck in a rut. He actually said that on a Rangers uh um, the Ranger, the history of the Rangers, the uh, video I had from 1988. Um, and he still says that it's just, it was just an unfortunate place that he was in. And, uh, Potvin's Potvin, by the way, has taken a lot of grief from Ranger fans, deservedly so, because I mean, rivals, they were always going to yell at each other. Yeah. That, that one, the, uh, the old, yeah, chant. that chant is, yeah. I mean, it's it's funny just thinking about it, but also, yeah. And then you're, he actually brought that up. There was like, there's things in my personal life that really they they used to get under my skin, but uh, yeah. Then it was horrible because of the circus. That yeah. was that was something that was always talked about in um, uh, when the seventies uh, was the seventies or eighties when um. They, they they made the technology where you could keep the ice still under the uh 
at the arena and not have to melt it or anything. Because that's why the Rangers in the first 15 years always had to play Stanley Cup finals in Toronto. Yeah, I was going to say they played they played a Stanley Cup final game in Toronto because they had the circus there, which was just stupid. I don't know how they – maybe back then the circus could generate more money than hockey. but. Um, and as said by Al Troutwig in Oh Baby, the circus was going on as the Rangers were in the playoffs, which always made them playoff vagabonds. So, um, yeah, and Johnny, you're right. Uh, the – uh, 1950 Stanley Cup Finals, the only one to uh, end in double overtime. Pipa Bando scoring uh, on, I think it was Charlie Rayner. Um, but it's, uh, that was the only time that happened. And the Rangers had to play it again in Toronto because they were, they always had the circus. The, the, the contract was too valuable to break for card and management. So, that's what always happened with the Rangers. The Rangers always had to freaking deal with that. Uh, that's why, you know what, Phil? That's why sometimes when I get all these conversations with Islander fans and um, they could have won more championships. Oh, you got one championship since the uh, invention of the atomic bomb. Okay. By the way, it's the last championship in this city, so don't forget that one. Or in the states, um, I mean no. for hockey, obviously. For hockey, not, yeah. About yeah to not, yeah. I want to correct that before it gets too far. But I mean, there were lots of extenuating circumstances. The the circus, the recruiting rule. You know, bad management does come into play on this. But I mean, John Rattel breaking his leg in 1972. Uh, 72. 72, yeah. Yeah. The um. They would have, they. I think they would have beaten Boston. But. They could have, they yeah. absolutely could have. Yeah, and Rattel's broken. Uh, I believe was it the leg or was it the ankle? No, Johnny's saying ankle. And yeah, uh, I thought I thought in my in a lot of the research I've done, it was always uh, his leg. But again, I mean, and then the Flyers getting beaten up by the Flyers in uh, mid-70s. Uh, um, J.P. Parise's uh, goal that eliminated them. 75. Thank you, because I was one of the pinpoint yeah. 75 or 76. And 75. It's just, yeah, it's just, and then they had to remake the team. We talk, By the way, we talk about uh, what Chris Drury's doing right now. I mean, the Rangers remade the team right after that where it was uh, Esposito coming in and uh, more on, more on him when we do the uh, top 10 breakup video. And there's just, yeah. Dale Ralph. That's what he said. Yeah. All right. And then Dale Ralph was basically hung out to dry by his teammates while Dale, by Dave, while Dave Schultz pummeled him. And that was a low point in Rangers history. That's by the way. So that sucks. Wait, so Rattel got hit by one of his own guy's shots. Hmm. Yeah. That, doesn't that remind you of Zuccarello in 2015? Well, it, the funny enough, the, the same guy that took Zuccarello out was also the same guy that had Henrik Lundqvist out for a little bit. Yeah. Ranger captain Ryan McDonough. And all he was doing was doing his job. That's what the worst part yeah. is. Yeah. And, and, and he was, that's the scary part. He was lifting a guy's stick. The net guard came up. And then that was it. That... That yeah. was one of the scariest things I ever saw. I thought for certain Henrik Lundqvist was in serious 
health trouble when I saw that. Uh, I remember I was I was meeting a girl on a date when that happened, and that actually it might have happened when she came in, and I'm just looking up at the TV going, uh oh. <laughs> Some things are more important than this date. <laughs> Clearly, it went well. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Hatfield was pissed that he didn't step up for him. And that's 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 what happens. That's what happens in these situations. And even as a teammate, you're you you get. You get worried about whether or not you should step up to defend your teammate if there's repercussions. Like if the league is, um, hell, that happened with a um, uh, a league that I play, uh, the Eisenhower House League we played, uh, my hockey team, and somebody had to had to basically step in and defend a teammate because there was a guy taking runs at people. And um, it's just it, – it, then what happened was we ended up getting into a fight, and then we ended up getting banned, our team. Because they, they banned the captain of our team. There was nothing else we could do. And, again, I hate that. Runs. I hate that. And that, that's why the Tom Wilson situation pisses us all off. Because, you know, you can avoid all that by actually hammering down the instigator. And yeah. really going after him for for causing his part in starting it, and there you go. They they didn't, and that's what happens. So there's there's reaction against Pavlovich damage for cross checking Anthony Mantha, but there was nothing for Tom Wilson for what he did. Body slamming a guy on the ice, and again. It's, it wasn't a situation I, – I know the other arguments from fans. I've, I've read, a, uh, read their Facebook comments all the way up to um, uh, Ryan Whitney, I think, had that take, which is always Philip's favorite Ugh. guy. But, uh. um, but his take was, oh, well, that's what happens when you don't have a tough guy. Well, guess what? The league legislated it out. It's not – it's not us. And it wasn't the Rangers. And by the way, he did it on the power play. Yeah, by the way, John. He... Oh, sorry, uh, this John. John, welcome back to the show again. Uh, you were saying? No, it just, it, it, it's it's like when it, I heard that argument throughout the whole thing was so, well, he didn't know who was coming at him. You mean to tell me that he was worried about a goon jumping him while he was killing a penalty? What, yeah. what goon was going to be out there? What what player that was really tough was going to be out there that he had to worry about? Give me a break. And Again, just, you know what? It, it, total joke. That's a total it, yeah. joke. Yeah, it's, it's, the situation was an entire joke, and, and that's why I, I, like, I hate that type of stuff, and I've seen that happen before in house leagues too. It's, it's stupid. Instead of hammering down the team that causes all the trouble – they go after uh, they go after uh, a team. Welcome back, Dino. And also, welcome back, Anthony. Yeah, welcome back, Anthony. Now, yeah, my uh, my uh, my father-in-law's here doing landscaping, planting trees and shit in our yard, and the sprinkler guy came. So I was like, all at once, 
<laughs> yeah, we got to hear some of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought well, I, I had way, it on mute. No. Yeah, but it, no, you didn't because we, we heard you talking at one point. We thought you were back on. Hey, Rich, welcome back. Hi. And um also by but bro Brody, you're right about this. People focus about the end result. Look, there is one championship handed out every single year. It doesn't always end up happening. Just I want my team to be playing as long as it possibly can. And it doesn't mean that there aren't great things that happen all the way to to now. So what every single season for the Boston Red Sox from 1918 to 2004. Sorry, 2003 was a failure. Not a failure. It's just sometimes it's it's hard to get to the to the to the actual goal at the end. Um, and Shannon, of course, I would if I was a Capital fan, I'd I'd love Tom Wilson. I hate him. That's a different story. And uh, and. Johnny read about this. The NHL is notorious for not penalizing players who start strong scrums. They always get the retaliation. The, so. the, the, the analogy I always bring up is when the younger brother hits the older brother and the older brother retaliates and the older brother gets punished, but the younger brother doesn't. It's always how it is. Retaliated. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 always, it's always how it is. And, and you know what? It sucks. Because they just don't do the job right, even though there's literally video evidence showing that that player started it. They don't do the right. They don't do the right thing. I, so. I do think I do think Rich is right about this one because I think there might have been a little bit of Russian bias. Oh, I don't know. You know what? I don't think it's Russian bias. It's it's definitely not that. Um, it's it's not even Canadian bias. It's face of the league bias. And Aaron is not the face of the league. McDavid is the face of the league. He is the golden ticket. If that was Sidney yeah. Crosby, that would have happened. If well, it was Connor McDavid, it would have happened. Wasn't there an incident yeah. last year where McDavid ran somebody? Because he McDavid elbowed. elbowed somebody. Yeah, he elbowed yeah. somebody. Yeah. And he, he got he got like nothing for it. So um but uh uh, I, I would I would I would say that yeah you know, this this is another thing I was just looking at. Uh, I mean, we have a guy now that's not that. All right, so he may not prevent that from happening, but he's going to make teams think about or players think about doing these types of things because they're going to have to suffer the same type of consequences in return. The only thing that I worry about now is now it's Ryan Reeves. You know, now they might try to suspend him. It's like when Donald Brashear was with the Rangers, they they hammered Donald Brashear. Seems like they hammer players in certain locations. They play favorites. Tom Wilson plays on a team with Ovechkin, so they play favorites because it's Alexander Ovechkin's team. So, Dean, to answer your question from this before, it was actually the topic of my editorial, but this is sheer perfection, and I don't need to see any other ads on it. Um, yeah, Rich, younger, the youngest brother, right here, too. Youngest of four. Um, oh, and here's another good one. Me, too. Crosby loves a slew foot. Uh, I remember back to back games against the Pittsburgh Penguins in the 2010 2011 season. 
think it was a Tuesday game and a Thursday game. It was a home and home. And Sidney Crosby slew foot both Ryan Callahan and Brandon Dubinsky in back-to-back games. And he got away with it both times. So, yeah. And Sid- Sidney Crosby loved doing that. And again, but it, this is where the league, you can't just selectively just go, well, we're going to get this. We're going to get this. No, it's, you got to make sure you you get this stuff out because it's it's going to be players' health. What's If somebody ends up getting seriously hurt because the league did nothing, they're going to have a lawsuit on their hands and they're going to have the, the PA on their head. So, yeah, I agree with you. It, it just, it's, it's sad they don't they don't do the right thing, and you know what? Four years it's for me, Vega. Yeah, I, I am technically an only child, even though I have a half brother. I've seen like once in my life, so I've never really had the problem with that. I grew up basically as an only child, so I didn't have to ever worry youngest, about that. I'm the youngest as well. You're, you're the youngest of three. Three, yeah. My 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 sister and my brother are both older than me. Yeah, I got three older brothers. They were all in successive years of each other. And then I was four years after the last one. And um, great dynamics with every single one of them. I can't ask for three better brothers. Um, I I know they don't watch the show, so I could say this and compliment them out loud. Um, But uh, I've I've been blessed to have the family that I've had. So I'm never going to argue with that. Um, Hmm. Mark, did we get any uh, did we get any comments on uh, on Grabner or anything? Yeah, we did above. Oh yeah, they're all above. There's plenty of them. I don't like, see any. Do you guys check them? I don't see any comments or anything. Or is that only you could see them? We see them because uh, Phil has signed it as me. So that's one uh, reason why. Um, I need to get it so that way we have all three of us have access because. Okay. I can't tell you, Anthony, how great of a help it is since it's been John's on there because now I don't have to screen any more comments. And if he sees things. Um... <laughs> yeah, it's usually me replying. It's 99.9% of the times it's me replying to the comments <laughs> in the comment section. So, uh, yeah, Dave, no, Anthony, I've actually met Anthony's. I've, I've known Anthony's sister and brother for a, a long time, actually. Both very good people, both people that I happen to like a lot. So, you know what, Ziga? I got to disagree with this. Better empty net scorer. <laughs> oh, God. I, I actually think I could throw three names out there for you. I got one. Carl Patrick Howard. Stephon. Who? Patrick, Patrick Stephon. <laughs> <laughs> Can we can we can we give a nom can we give a nomination like a like an honorable mention to Alish Hemsky on that one then? Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, I'm gonna go bring that up. But uh, two empty net goal scorers, guys, that I can always mention for you. Um, bring out in <laughs> Mark Messier was always a good one, and CRB boys. Okay. Um, uh, the other one also was uh, John McClain could always hit an empty net from anywhere. Uh, but I'm going to bring up Patrick Stefan. Uh, but anybody that doesn't know that, although I'm pretty sure if you're watching a hockey YouTube channel, you already know what that is. Uh, Carl Hagen was another one. That right there. I mean, that's just... 
that's the greatest one. But yeah, I would say uh I would say mess. Mess can hit an empty net anytime. Yes, yes, he did, Dave. Yes, he did. He uh he it was against Dallas in November of two thousand three. It was a few weeks before my birthday, actually, when he did oh, that. Shoot. I always forget to do this. What? Uh I like to get the bigger view on there. But now it comes ahead. There's Alesh Hemsky tie game. Yeah. So again, could you imagine I was watching that game? Could you imagine going from this point? First, he makes a perfect poke check, goes on in, and just I mean, the the puck hopped. You don't have what to go were, all the way what into were you the doing? Net. Yeah. What just, were you doing? Just just Patrick. What are you yeah, come on. What are you doing? Just oh man, uh, yeah that that was right down the middle. I, th- I think Gary Thorne's call uh, or said like right down Broadway or something like that. It was literally the, the middle empty of the net. net. Mark Messier, do you believe it? Do you believe it? Yeah, um, there was uh, yes, and Dallas did win that game in a shootout. It was um, Sergey Zubov, I believe, had the winner in the shootout. If I correctly. What I remember about that game is that I had Sean Horcroft and Alesh Hemsky on my fantasy team. So in 2007, wow, I didn't know you even played fantasy hockey back then. Yeah, uh, let's see, 2007. I don't remember what my team name was at that time. Um, um here's an interesting one, actually. Thrashers- that could be part of your what if series. Yeah, I, I and I don't. I, I I watched the video. I think it was from Sportsnet, where it's Brian Burke nominating it, and it's like uh, narrating it rather, and it's animated. And I think that I I don't think they would have they would have played a part. So that was the thing they wanted to be drafted together. So um, I'll think about that for the future. Is like possibly doing a fantasy league for the channel? I or actually maybe. think. A team could last in Atlanta, but it would have to be stable ownership, and it would have to be someone as the GM not named Don Waddell. <laughs> well, you this see how good of a just, job he's doing right now in oh uh, Carolina. Yeah, like how do you bring him back? And get, like I know you lost Ron Francis because Ron Francis wanted to take the Seattle job, but Don Waddell, like he failed in Atlanta. He was bad there. Why is he getting another job? He's a terrible GM. I I I just find it funny that both Atlanta teams failed and moved to Canada, where it's been going the other way around for the last forty years. I mean, Flames have been there for almost forty years now, and uh, in Calgary, and they won a Stanley Cup in '89. Uh, they're not going to fold. They've got strong ownership, and the Winnipeg Jets have looked good since coming back. I mean, uh, I think the most notable Atlanta Flame, Ken Nilsson. Okay, I Ken was Nilsen. I was going with uh, Jim Craig, but Jim Craig didn't have much of an NHL career. No, I know he didn't have much of an NHL career, but it's just that's the only one I could think of. For an Atlanta flame. Yeah. Um 
I, I would I would say that Ken Nilsson was definitely the most notable one of them all. He was he was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. Anybody who really wants to uh, take a look at some type of sorcery when it comes to talent, just Google uh, Kent Nelson crossbar challenge. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. How, how uh, I, I mean, that's kind of basically what I do on a regular basis. So <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, really? I, he was in there. What's up? He was in one of those? Yes, the Jerome McGinley one. Uh, I think, Dave, I think you watched that with me, actually. I, 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 now, I would love to do, like, something like the same thing, like the trade tree videos, except doing, like, the pitch meetings on YouTube. So, see if that could ever work. Um, we're always coming up with new ideas for new sketches, also, all the time. Obviously, you're seeing that with all the cold opens that I have on there. Um, but yeah, those things, those, those Steve Daniel trade trees, those are truly amazing. Yeah. The, the Lindros and the Gretzky ones were ridiculous. The Rick Nash one was really good. Um, the Eric Lindros one is like a 45 minute video or like yeah. a or video or something like that. It's nuts. So, and, and the funny part about the Eric Lindros one, it stops Eric Lindros with the flyers. It, it, if he wanted to, he could have continued on with Kim Janssen, Jan Halavich, uh, Pavel Brendel, because Pavel Brendel ends up being packaged with just Williams to get Sammy Kapanen. And that goes to Carolina. That goes to Carolina. Yeah. You could see yeah, that, that trade tree could still go. Yeah, that, that is, yeah. But the trade that ultimately brought in Joe Newendike to Dallas. Oh, yeah, Jerome Aginla. Yeah, it's Jerome Aginla, yeah. Yeah, I forgot all about that. I, I, I forget all about that all the time. Because I remember when Aginla started his uh, first playoff game with Calgary in 96. Um, well, that happens all the time. You get a lot of guys at their first NHL game as a playoff I game. I mean, that could be another what if. What if Jerome Aginla is never traded to Calgary? I think that would have helped. He plays with Mike Madano for his for the majority of his career. Yeah, but then again, does does Dallas win the Stanley Cup without the Conn Smythe Trophy winner that, that was in that trade? Yeah, that's a thing. Do they go out and do they get another center? You know. Yeah, but I mean, I also think it's also poor planning when it comes to Atlanta. They just never they never figured out how to do it, and I mean. Arizona sabotaged themselves by putting the arena in the spot that nobody wants to go to except for football games. Um, Cause some cities were doing that. They were doing the, we'll put this football state. We'll put this stadium here, this stadium here, this arena here. And it, it like some of these city planners, they didn't need to be punched in the face. Yeah. It's- yeah. It, sometimes it, it, it really what it comes down to is just ownership and just and management with a lot of these teams. It's it's bad decisions made by management and ownership that really that teams you have you don't have a stable ownership like like L.A. managed to recover from Bruce McNall being a criminal. Yeah, like that. It, that's nuts. It's unfortunate 
that I think they ended up uh, booing Wayne when he went back there. And and he just kind of said, well, I don't know if it was for me or if it was for Bruce, but I was I was a symbol of that. Yeah, and it's you know, it, it, it like the the ownership in Ottawa, just Melnick is just a cheapskate. It's part of why they'll have trouble winning for a long time. I mean, they seem like they're on the in the right direction now, but these two times in the past where Ottawa has been close, they've turned around and they've dealt everybody away. Everybody got dealt. They didn't want to pay anybody. So we're going to get um, to Sean's question in one second, but first let's go with uh, this one. Uh, the LA chargers and uh, San Francisco 49ers, you're right. They don't play. One plays in Santa Clara. The other one plays, uh, it's not Chavez Ravine because that's the Dodgers. I forgot that's where it was. It's outside of LA. Any event, you can get away with that for football. You can get away with the New York Giants being at the Meadowlands. When you have to go there, three different, um, sorry, uh, let's say for hockey, it would be 42 times, 41 times a year. When you have to do that 41 times, it's not going to work. It's just not yeah. going to happen. So, no. Uh, going go all the way to Glendale wasn't exactly the best idea for the Coyotes. So, um, yeah, I mean that that's another thing. Like, why would you go to Glendale when you really want to be in Phoenix? Right. And and here's the and here's the thing. Players talk about this all the time. They love living in Arizona. They just hate playing for the Coyotes, is the way they say. It. But you know, get stable management. Oh, sorry, Inglewood. I'm sorry. It was Glendale originally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like I should know that since I'm I've been to the stadium before. So. Yeah, Um, that's just. So okay, well, I'm gonna get to uh, WVR's comment, but first, Andrew, expect opening night to be a lot of shenanigans or just uh, a loss of fight. You know what? I expect nothing to happen opening night. If it happens, it's to get back to business. What I do expect is, I'm not even going to say it's a Ryan Reeves thing. I'm going to say it's Sammy Blaze is probably going to end up lighting somebody up with a check or Barkley Goudreau. And that lets you know the Rangers are here to mean business. That's what that means. As long as they don't go too far out of their way to prove that point. That's really the thing. Like you can't, like if you get too hyped up and you get too caught up in that nonsense then you're going to lose that game. But um, you got to go out, you got to play hard, you got to play smart. And that's really what it comes down to. You, you make your hits at the right times, and you just you, – you, you tell people that, hey, we're not getting pushed around anymore. Good luck with that. Try it now. So, but. so we were talking about this pre-show, uh, and Phil says that it stopped with the Rangers skates uh, on top of uh, – the blue socks on top of the Rangers logo is what you saw. Yeah, it, it's it's not it's not confirmed as to who it is. Um, I'm not sure if it's Adam Fox. I'm not sure if it's Artemi Panarin or Mika Zibanejad. But um, it that's really what they show you. That's it. Uh, I'm gonna go with you know what? I'm gonna go with it. Might be Mika. I wouldn't be surprised. After last, but after last season, he didn't exactly have the best of seasons. 
But more generally <laughs> speaking, I'd, I would I would have him on the cover. You I don't know, know about that because before. I I love getting older because you 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 burp from drinking water, drinking I, water and I'm burping. I don't yeah. know about that anymore because of the fact that he's got one year left on his deal and his year. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, that'd be that'd be hilarious. But um, yeah, I I don't I don't see Mika Zibanejad because he's got one year left on his deal, and his last season, while it was good, it wasn't great. I could see either Panarin or Fox. I, I yeah. don't see anything else. So, well, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I could say this, but if Fox is on the cover. That does make him the first Jewish cover athlete in NHL uh, video games. Yes, and if as far as as far as I know, yes. Yeah, I don't. Was Ryan Braun ever on EA's baseball? I want to say he was on. Um, was he on the show? He he's got to be on one of them. It's he was an MVP. He's got to be on one of them. Um, I, whoever it is, it's a ranger. And like we said before, there's, uh, although Chris was saying it in there too, he was seeing multiple different rangers on the covers, but they also make different rangers that are on the covers. I used to do it for, um, uh, for all things rangers back in 2014 and 2015 and even 2016. Usually it was Henry Conquest. Uh, there's times where you can like insert your favorite player on there. That's what they would do, and you make your own uh, cover on there. So um, can't always go by what Google says. You have to go by what the cover art says. And the only time they had to replace somebody was the Danny Heatley incident. Yeah, and that was Danny Heatley with the accident. Dan Snyder passed away. Yeah. Then um, and then Joe Thornton was put on the cover. He gets into a barroom brawl with his brother, uh, Scott, in Boston, and he gets taken off the cover. He loses his uh, Dunkin' Donuts um, sponsorship as well. Mm -hmm. And then um, he uh, gets replaced by Joe Sackick, who was the final version of that NHL 2004 cover. Brody, I'll say this. I... Do think, and I'm going to make this prediction. I've said it uh, for the last two years. Igor Sesterkin becomes the first Ranger goaltender to score a goal on that. I think, yeah, I agree with that. I don't know when, but I think he becomes the first. Yeah. It'll happen at some time. Hell, it took Becca Rene literally his entire career. So, and he was one of the best at that. Um, <laughs> I'll be there to woo that too. I still love it that I was at uh, Sisterkin's first game. I don't love it that the first two shots that he saw went in the net, but <laughs> I do love it that I was at his first game and that the Rangers won that one. Oh, the, fir the first two shots, one was a deflection. I believe that was um, JT Comfort that got that. Correct, yep. Um, and then the and other one the was the Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, the other one was the Nathan McKinnon breakaway, which was um, a miscommunication between Brady Shea and Adam Fox was not a pairing that ever should have been together. Um, and, and Brady Shea made a terrible play there. 
And just remember, you can't you uh, give away rhymes with Shay. So, um, okay. So Ryan Braun wasn't on the MLB The Show cover. I I, I thought he might have been. I wasn't sure. I really haven't played MLB baseball games since probably about Triple Play 2002. So, and if, and to be honest, I haven't. Now, here's by the way, here's another debate. I'll I'll give you the guys in a second on this, but um, I I haven't I, I didn't play NHL this year. I think it was more that I was playing Gears of War five instead, but that's a different story. Um, and just never got around to it. Um, yeah, we got a first round pick for Brady Shea. Hello, do you guys think? Um, it's important for video game covers anymore anyway. Like, who really cares? You're getting them mostly digital now. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's really a, a thing anymore. Um, I personally don't care. That's just me. Um, it was, I mean, it was cool for a while. Um, I don't know. I just remember the old covers were cool because they were action shots. Like 94 was Moog in net for Boston and Gretzky breaking in on him and Bork trying to slide out and stopping him. 95 was the Kovalov breakaway in game four, the Stanley cup finals where he scored on McLean and then crashed into the net. And then 96 was, um, was Iserman uh, and Stevens battling for a puck. And then 97, Van Biesburg became the first solo cover athlete on the cover of NHL. 98 was Forsberg. 99 was Lindros. 2000 was Pronger. 2001 was Owen Nolan. 2002 was Mario Lemieux. 2003 was Jerome McGinley. 2004, we went over just before uh, yeah, the combination yeah. of Heatley. Uh, Five was Nasland. Six was LeCavalier. 07 was Ovechkin, 08 was Eric Stahl, 09 was Dion Phaneuf, 10 was uh, Patty Kane, 11 was Jonathan Taves, and that was the only uh, time that they ever went back-to-back with two teammates uh, from the same team. Uh, 12 was Stamkos, and I believe that was the only time that there was an historical season uh, during or with the NHL cover athlete was for the 2012 season, Stamkos had that 60-goal season and finished the runner-up in the heart behind Malkin. 2013 was Drew. He was fresh off that 90-point season in 2012. Um, 13, uh, 14 was Marty Brodeur. Uh, 15, I think, was Bergeron. 16, I don't I remember. Was, yeah. I don't I, – and 16, after 16, I'm kind of, like, lost. But from, like – um, um, let me see if I can get him. Uh, 16. Dion Phaneuf, yes. Sloppy seconds got a cover in 2009. Okay. So, uh, but wait, was that 2009 for No, it, 16 had to be. Um... No, no, no. Six, no, 16 wasn't Dion Phaneuf. I was just responding to Zig's was comment. 16 with Kane and Taves both on the cover? That might have been. Uh, I, I, that might have been because they won – Chicago won the Cup in 2015, so that's probably the case. 17, I'm blanking on for the moment. Was 17 he, P.K. Subban? Was, that's what I thought. I thought he was 18 because it was – Or was McDavid 17? McDavid 17. McDavid 17, Subban 19. Um, sorry, Subban 18. 19 was Matthews. 
and no idea who was last year. Yeah, I don't even. Yeah, Sidney Crosby has never been on the cover of uh, of. Yeah, how? How did you ever put down Sidney Crosby? I am. Or, uh, um. Oh, Alex Ovechkin was last year's. Okay, yeah, there you go. He, he, Alex Ovechkin is one of two player, three players that's a that's a two timer on there. Subban, uh, yeah, see. Connor was eighteen and Matthews was nineteen. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, lots of people aren't going to remember this, but this was the original theme. That I'll get to that in one second. I got to get to the share screen. This was the original um, music for the one on the Genesis. My brother Dan, I still remember him, showed me the article uh, that was in this, and and going, "I'm buying a Genesis. We're getting it for this game." <laughs> Yeah, NHL hockey. Yeah. Pittsburgh Penguins versus the Minnesota North Stars. Yeah, this was wow. for the 91-92 season. And then the the NHL 90 the the NHL PA 93. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was great. Uh yeah, I don't think the NHL. You know what's funny? If you guys want something about um, a Madden cover curse, uh, go. If you want to go back to that comment. Oh, sorry. Um, Wait, yeah, Madden cover curse. Uh, Odd Man Rush actually uh, does that. So um, he's he's a hockey YouTuber that I follow, but he does uh, the Madden cover curse, whether they benefited or. You know, or they had a better year, or or worse year, or they were a wash from it. So that's that's an interesting one. He does he goes through all the years. Um, how do I know this stuff? Because I have no life apparently. <laughs> this is why my dating life sucks. Rich, the other answer is sometimes we just push other stuff out of our brains. It's just yeah. like oh, I mean it's 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 amazing the weird things that I could always pick up. And remember, um, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of just the weirdest games. Sometimes it's just memory association. Yes. For, yes. Open Ice was Open fantastic. Ice was awesome. Open Ice was the predecessor to Wayne Gretzky's hockey, and it was awesome. That's the one. Uh, I knew Tarasenko was on one. I for completely forgot. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but... Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we just we just know, and it's just um, uh, it's it's just accumulation of knowledge throughout time. It's just you, you can't pa- help pa- it. year. Try years for this guy. <laughs> Try years. And and I and I got an additional like five or six on him. So there's there's more knowledge that goes into that. Between. Mark's had more success than I have, even though he's being modest right now. So <laughs> I'm not even gonna, uh, I'm not even gonna let you, him get away with that one. Uh, <laughs> it's not even a one-up thing. It's just, it's facts with me. It's just, because <laughs> um, I know we're gonna also gonna do, and we're gonna do uh, a top ten of the um, 
uh, probably the best hockey video game of all time. Uh, that's going to be yeah. interesting one because we're going to have to delve deep into that. Because yeah. uh, some of these we might just do pre-record. I'll just edit them and then just publish it. We won't necessarily do it for the podcast. But um, there's 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 a lot of content we're still trying to get, especially to fill the void for the next uh, three, four weeks until uh, Traverse City hits. And yeah, yeah. NHL, NHL 18, a lot of people argue that was uh, – that was like the last great one. Um, uh, my last favorite one was, I, I mean, I have 21. Um, it's all right. Uh, I, I, I like NHL 14 a lot. 14 was like the last one I bought before 21. And I, I, I still like 14. Was that the one that you could do be a pro and it would see that the wrong be a pro. They revamped it. And I thought it was actually pretty good where they gave you the options of, Saying different things, um, but it's just it could like it, it like you, you could say different things to the press, and sometimes just for the hell of it, I just went. I always said the right thing, but sometimes I was like, for the hell of it, you know what? No, I'm just I'm gonna express my frustration right now. Now I wish that they did that. They had a they had a chance to actually like deal with the repercussions of that. They talk about there was there's a couple where it's you, you had to play a prank on a player and do you tell anybody and it's like your teammates are more mad at you about that. So um, Yeah. So Mark is basically saying that he basically wanted to do honest press conferences in a video game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because sometimes it's you know and it's funny because that would actually teach you how to do that. And by the way um, the John Madden series I haven't played in six years, not just with the, uh, that's part, that was part of the, uh, declining of my interest in the NFL. So the problem with video games, sports video games these days are that they're just too realistic for my liking at times. And yeah. then it's just. Like, that's why NHL 10 was, like, for me, I was, like, that was the one that I probably liked the most in terms of, like, the newer generation of games. Because they were they were giving you, like, the, you know, the the opportunity to throw the big hits and then the, the you know, the stick checks and stuff like that. And they were, they were, there were some things that were in there. And then they started doing, like, set plays and all these other extra moves and stuff like that. And it just, like... You know, I just want to play hockey. I just want to have fun and and not have that, not have to worry about every single real life mechanic. Like if I want to, if I want real life mechanics, I'm gonna go play hockey. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go outside and I'm gonna touch grass and then I'm gonna go to a hockey rink and I'm gonna go play hockey. So you know what? Don't you know what? Don't give me a VR headset and make me try to dangle around a bunch of guys in a screen through a headset. No, I don't want to do that. I want to. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? We both clicked it at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's that's gonna go real well for you, buddy. Um. Uh, but uh, you know what? It's it it, it it then you learn the little tricks, like uh, especially if you're on a three on two, just have your guys skate up, call for the shot. It goes or call for the pass, and once you get the pass, you just. Cut right, the goalie's out of position, it's an easy goal. You do that just a lot. But, I mean, 
it also yeah. you know, it, it, it's it's nice to feel your ego whenever you're you're down in life. So it's ah. yeah. I just had a I just I just had a five goal game. Maybe I should increase the difficulty. Actually, you know what the the funny part is for me? The last two times I played NHL uh, in general, it's just my guy gets injured, and he he gets injured, and he gets like a broken leg, and he misses the rest of the season. Can't tell you how many times that's happened. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not really a, a, a fan of just of the way that they've gone way too realistic on these things. It's just there. There comes there comes a point where you want you want some realism, but you you want to draw a line in the sand. And they've just gone so far over that line at this point. Like okay, like I've I've had enough. Repetition so. in the broadcast also comes into it, and it's hard to tell somebody. Oh, you need to do. Why do I have one hair that just keeps on jumping out like that? Um, stop playing a stamp. No, no, no. I'm playing as somebody much better and much more. Um, Darcy Walkalog is Darcy Walkalog. Oh man, uh, the guy that I usually play. I have to play the be a pro mode. I play as me. Uh, so. Yeah, you're gonna bring up names like Darcy Walkalog. We might as well go to Boston and John Blue. Steve Conowalchuk. Steve Conowalchuk, yeah. You know what? I I guarantee I could probably find the, uh, the Mike Myers Fox promo of the greatest hockey name, Jeff Bookaboom. It just says it in his name, Bookaboom. The greatest <laughs> hockey commercial still ever made was the Gretzky and Messier commercial for the Fo uh, NHL on Fox game of the week between the Rangers and the Flyers back in like 96, 97. Zarly Zalapsky was Zarly Zalapsky is a great hockey name. Yeah, was a very good hockey name. Oh yeah, I got a couple guys that come into my bar. I say it to them all the time. It's um, it was a uh, uh, damn it. Uh, yeah, it's it's Shane and Troy Ellers. I always look at them and go, "You guys would definitely be forwards." Shane, you, uh, sorry, Troy, you'd be the center. And then I got Nick and Neil Tangretti. I'm like, "You guys are definitely defensemen." That's <laughs> just based on your names, but um, what other good hockey name? Wow, hmm. Cam good hockey names, great hockey name. Oh, look who's look who's back right now. Hey, bud. Hey, all right. Actually, no one. We got him in. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Ron Tugnut. Ron Tugnut was a great, great hockey name. <clears throat> what have you guys been talking about? Well, we've been talking about both hockey names and sport video games, but first let's go with the hockey names. Um, Joe, by the way, you're right. Let me just bring this one in. Uh, ESB, EA should actually go back to their roots because they're just all about loot boxes and ultimate team. They don't care about anything else. No. Uh, this is a funny one. Zach Karlstrom, I would think that you were from Sweden, from or, or, or Skoldvik, where the Sedins and Forsberg are from. That would be funny. And then, Mark, this one was for you. Well, Wontaw, because that's a bartender Croker's. So, uh, yeah. Probably like 25, I think. Kane so, Hodder yeah. is actually the guy who played Jason in the older Jason movies. So, you're not, you're not, you're not getting that one by me, Chris G. <laughs> uh, Rayo Ritzelainen is always a great one. Oh, Rayo Ritzelainen is an amazing hockey name. Uh, who's, who's the guy that, uh, <clears throat> Not Nick Boldy? Was that one of them? Uh, what? I'm trying to remember. Uh, 
I'm trying to remember. There was a great uh, name that was on uh, that was on uh, Minnesota last year. Uh, Matthew Boldy, the the prospect, might be, might be Matt. No, I don't think it's Matthew Boldy. I'm gonna check their roster. The missing link, Gates. I like this because this is a wrestling reference crossed with a hockey reference. The missing link was a a monster heel in Skandar Akbar's Damage Incorporated. Uh, stable in world-class championship wrestling based out of Dallas, which was the Von Erichs promotion. So yeah, link the missing link gates. I like that. Uh, Radic Bonk, who is noted for Radic Bonk, illustrious mullet. Um, Darius Kasparitis, who sounded like a venereal disease, but he's one of the funnier hockey guys you'll ever meet. I find every hockey Islander guy. has the worst hockey name. Anyway, Cal Clutter Cal, Cal Clutterbuck's a great hockey name. Uh, that's a fun. That's a funny hockey name. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, that's definitely a, a one. Uh, you gotta get me. Uh, you gotta get me ability to pull up, see comments, Mark. I'm, I'm left in the dark whenever you do comments. I can't see. Shit. I, I'm definitely gonna change. I mean, I could always just uh, <clears throat> give you the uh, the my login, but I'd like to get it so all three of us have different ones, so that way it's when we. Decide to stop cameras. We don't always see my face right there. Yeah, um, Peter Peter Bondra was a very good one. Um, Tony Twist was and Derek Bugard were both great hockey names. Stu Grimson is a great hockey name. Oh wait a minute, uh, Philk. I was about to go take a leak, but uh, Tony Twist. Uh, you know the story about him and Spawn, right? Yes, Todd McFarland in the, in the lawsuit that he won and then I believe lost. Yeah, they it it would, it would have ruined McFarland comics completely. Yeah, it it, it lost he lost it on on an appeal. Yeah, I believe there's a good so, one, Jonathan Chichu. Jonathan Chichu, yeah, Jordan Tutu. I will be right back. Um, Olaf Kolzig. Um. That's another uh, another very good name. Uh, if uh, you want another German hockey player who was one of the earlier German hockey players who also played for the Capitals, Stefan Ustorf. Uh, Anthony, you Can might. <laughs> um, speaking of of um, interesting names, Ulf Dahlen is a good one. Ulf Dahlen is a good one. Former Ranger, Minnesota North Star. He was traded for Mike Gardner. Yeah, Boy, Hobby Bullen is definitely a very good, awesome Russian hockey name. Sergei Makarov, Sergei Fedorov, Vladimir Konstantinov, Dino Cicerelli yeah. is a great hockey name because it does not sound like a hockey name, but it is a hockey name. Uh, Lanny McDonald, I always thought was a funny hockey name. Probably more so because of the mustache like that came with it. Zygmunt Palfi, well, Anthony Anthony's probably his favorite hockey player. Yeah. Alexi Brock Zepp. Besser is a good hockey name, too. Brock like Besser, it. yeah. Vladimir Malakov is one of my favorite hockey names. It just it, it it sounds like he should be Vladimir the Impaler Malakov, and he had a booming slap shot. Uh, Martin Saint-Louis, yes. Yeah, it's a different. Bob Beers. Oh, Anthony. Anthony. Bob. Yeah, Bob. <laughs> So it's Salvato's favorite player. Yeah. And then Ernst <laughs> Erzberg. 
Yeah. Christian Erhoff. Rob Beer is if I recall correctly. Erhoff. Um, he's. Uh, <laughs> Bob Beer's defenseman on Boston, I believe he was. And, and, Edmonton. Played, and Edmonton. He was yeah. an Islander, too, for a brief time. For a brief minute, yeah. So, better yeah. off, I mentioned before, Igor Larion. He, he was an Islander longer than Tim Thomas was, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hakan Lube is arguably one of the greatest hockey names I have ever seen. And Hakan Lube was a former 50-goal, 100-point scorer who had, like, two amazing years in the NHL and then just went back to Sweden and just never played in the NHL again. Eddie Belfort is a great name. Uh, Darren Popa. <clears throat> it's funny because I have a friend from Canada named Paul, big Leafs fan, uh, grew up probably about 40 minutes outside of Toronto, and he he would call Eddie Belfort Eddie Beerfor when – Belfour was a uh, Maple Leaf. So, sorry, Sean, I cannot give you any credit for Thomas Placanic. No, I'm not giving you credit for Placanic. <laughs> no. Sorry, it's Thomas Placanic. Yeah, it sounds like a decent hockey name, but no, it brings no. up I don't know Thomas Placanic and uh yeah, oh, I hate that guy. Yeah, jeez. Uh, da- yeah, Dale Parenton was a goon. He- Get him out of here. I don't want to hear that name. Uh, the, you I know think what, of Tomas Bokanek, I think of like, Turtlenecks. I mean, like I said, you say uh, say it fast. Uh, sorry, no, sorry. Yes, for fast, I mean. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one also because his nickname is Quickie. <laughs> so yeah. It's, it's like you never – I mean, because usually, generally speaking, hockey nicknames, they're always uh, an S at the end. Um, Stalzy. Stalzy, like uh, Jonesy, Jonesy. My, I mean, hell, my thing. I'm pretty sure other people do it. Is when I'm playing with guys like my, my friend CJ. I always call him Siege. So huge estimate. Oh, oh no, oh no, Ryan Grop. Actually, you know what, Rich? I love this one. Yes. Oh God, that's a classic pear juice. Oh God. And then he it's, only he like, only played like twenty games as a New York Ranger. I think his I actually think his kid Christian has a much longer career than him right now. But yeah, I mean, I I I remember when in NHL '92 I'd use him, and uh, I'd always remember Brother Dan singing, and that's what that I call him. Pedro. That is correct. He was drafted as uh, Gasper Fast. And they changed it to Fosty, Americanized it. Yeah. Um, and Wade Mary Lou. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Terrible. Um, Ron Duguay. Yeah, the players, they're all, they're all like weird. They got the last name thing. And yeah. Ron, yeah. My, my mom had the hots for Ron Duguay. My mom also had the hots for Pat LaFontaine. And I actually make the joke. Because I found out at when uh, I found out during a wake that some of her friends came, and they were like, you, "You're into hockey, I know this, and like, you know that your mom used to kind of drink with Pat Lafontaine at times after like some games over at like the Marriott." And I, I like I always make the joke. I was like, "Why did my mom not hook up with Pat Lafontaine? <laughs> like, I could have been Pat Lafontaine's kid. Like, shit." You know, you had your own rink. I can tell you that. Yeah, I probably would have had my own rink. I'd probably be, I'd be a lot better off too. But um, yeah, so that's 
there were supposedly pictures. I couldn't find them. I rummaged around the house. So, yeah, um, couldn't find it. But, yeah, Pat Alfontaine is but probably my number that, three. That's not always true. You got – I mean, yes, you got the SIE, but you got like uh, Greg McKay, back of the Rangers. He's kegger. You got a lot Edgar, of yeah. Ys. You got a lot of Ss. Um, John Erickson, always a great one. And I guess yeah, John yeah, Erickson was a very good checker too. He was a real good checking player. And I guess that's why they call him Pear Juice. Pear Juice. And that's why they call him Pear Juice. Yeah, uh, it still works with the song. I just you know. Yeah. Zdeno Seeger, yes, who had like a 30-goal, 70-point season in Edmonton. And uh, <laughs> years later. Harry Dick. No, and my mom did not hang out with the Nature Boy. Like, so. Um, hopefully Anthony's back in a second. I'll get him right back on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we got more dead air right there than uh, Mike. Yeah, we we really. You know what's funny though? It's it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Alexei Zhitnik. Yeah, right. Alexei Zhitnik. Yeah. Um, uh, I would I would say uh, that was funny story of. See that I never heard about. So, but I could I could believe that the Vidal Sassoon commercials and stuff with them. Ooh, Rangers. La, la, so soon. Soon. Yeah. Uh, that was Duguay, Maloney, Esposito, and Davidson. Yes. Shattenkirk isn't a bad name. <laughs> it it I I so wish it worked out better for Kevin Shattenkirk. Yeah. He, he was just, if he was on this team in in 2015, it's a different story. And the only thing that would have been bad about that was I couldn't have done in 2015 the joke I had of him as a Misek in uh, Rick and Morty. I'm I'm Mr. Shaddy. Look at me. So that joke was in there. Went during my meme page. <laughs> Dick goes in you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, clearly not a hockey player, but still. Yeah. Well. Yeah, Miroslav Miroslav Shatan was a, a definitely a good one. Yeah, um, I I remember when um, when um, Nick Bakai used to do the Sports Center of the years. He made that one joke, and it, it was like uh, the Buffalo Sabres will do anything to win, as they have acquired Satan from the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> and if if you guys don't know Nick Bakai, Nick Bakai. He's actually the voice of Salem the Cat and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, 90s kid. Mm-hmm. So, but Nick Bakai used to do those and he uh, he did that. So, I, I I miss when they had like, you know, good stuff like that. Yeah, they, I, I miss the 90s. I, I miss NHL tonight. Um, I, I'm, I'm so hoping that that comes back and we get Melrose and Chicken Parm and, and Butcher Gross again because that, that crew was great. That was an awesome, fun crew to watch late night. I, I used to love watching them. <laughs> oh. Brad Bombardier. There's a good one. Oh, yeah. That's another good one. But there's, there's other ones like going to another guy, Sheldon Surrey. That that one just 
rolls right off the tongue. Uh, and Connor McDavid, obviously, and Sidney Crosby. Joey Juno. Joey Juno. Yeah. Joey Juno, who had an, an outstanding 1993 season. Yep, 100 points as a rookie on yeah. the line with uh, with uh, Dmitry Karvaltanov and Adam Oates. Yeah. And, and a lot of people are going to ask, who the hell is Dmitry Karvaltanov? <laughs> as they all go over there. Anything Thai is usually a good one. Thai Domi, yeah. Uh, there's Thai Domi that's down there. Um, yeah. Vincent Dampfus. Oh, Vinny Dampfus was a great player. He really was underrated. Yeah, and and when we were all younger, we probably all called him Vinny Damphouse yeah, in the NHL. No, Tom Pody is not a great hockey game. You will hockey name. You will never get points for that one, Sean. You're not getting I'm points for that. Think of any American hockey names that really even kind of go with that. Like all of them, I mean, James Van Riemsdyk is a really good one. That is, you know what? There we go. James Van yeah. Riemsdyk. James I Van Riemsdyk is a good obviously one. Obviously, Rizzo is up there for me because uh, Rizzo. Mike Rizzioli. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Italian for eruption. Yeah. So, um. It's always Doug Lidster. Doug Lidster. Um, Doug yeah, Lister is a good one. Dana Merzen. Uh, I love it that uh, everybody can watch and interact with me on this show looking through my grandmother's painting in the reflection back. So uh, One of my all-time favorite players right there, Mike Madano. And, yes, he did. He had some good flow. Um, if, you, if you remember her pop star, uh, I think her name was Willa Ford. He got married to her for a while. I think they divorced. So. She had like one single, like the early two thousands. I wanna be bad. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, my uh, roommate Tom, he was actually the uh, uh, when she did her uh, stuff magazine shoot. Uh, he was he was valeting, and uh, uh, she said she was she was really short, and he, she was a total sweetheart. And the best part about it was at the end, which when he's like, "Oh yeah, do you guys still have the cardboard cutout?" And he looks over and goes, oh, what, what cardboard? And Tom can tell you better. But uh, he goes, what, what cardboard cut out? And she points, and it's the, her and the cover of the magazine. Dick so. Clapper. Yes. Um, Scotty Bowman. Oh, Jamie Langenbrunner. I think that's Jamie Langenbrunner. Um, Cooney Weiland. Played for the Boston Bruins. He led the league in scoring, I believe. I'd have to go look up the year now. But he was a scoring leader uh, early, I think the 30s. I think it was the early 30s he led the league in scoring. By the way, this is actually viable programming, we think, is to uh, look up hockey nicknames. or yeah. hockey names. Uh, Cooney Weiland, 1929-1930. 43 goals, 73 points in 44 games. He didn't even win the Hart Trophy that year. Cody McLeod or Cody McCormick come in? <laughs> yeah, not bad. Nels Stewart won the Hart that year. King Clancy, another great one. Howie Morenz. Uh, Lionel Hitchman finished 
second in heart voting in 1930. That was a good one. No Normie Himes of the New York Americans. Ooh, jeez. Bun Cook. Bun Cook, yeah. Bun Cook is a good one. Toe Blake, yeah. That's another one. Scott Mellenby, Bates, Battaglia, the BBC line in um, Carolina in 2002 with uh, Battaglia. Yeah, I, I know what you're going to say there. That That's not the name. That's not the nickname we want to call it. But, yeah, it was well, – uh, I always, By the way, I always loved Curtis Lecision. Curtis Lecision, yeah, that was one of yeah, the hardest was names. Uh, Curtis Lecisions, Lecisions, Lecisions. Uh, Gump Worsley was a yes. great one. Turk Broda. New York Ranger. He was considered by many to be the best goalie in the NHL. The Rangers traded him to Montreal, and he promptly won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Uh, Turk, Turk, uh, Turk Broda. Boom Boom Jeffreyon. And Jeffreyon is G-E-O-F-F-R-I-O-N. So you, you were close, Rick. Um, Toe Blake was a good one. Um... Rod Brindamore. Uh, my first meme I ever made for the my the All Things Rangers page. Every day I'm haggling. Yeah, Carl Haglin. That's that's a good yeah. one. Matt Zuccarello. Even though well, that's, you know what, the better one is Matt's Naslin. Matt's Naslin was a really Matt, good one. Especially when you say it like that, Matt's Naslin. Matt's Naslin. Yeah, Vinny LeCavalier. Zach Bogosian's a good name. That's, that's eh, Bogosian. Yeah. So you, 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 we're thinking nicknames that's in there. So like a Marty something is always good. Like Marty St. Louis or uh, Marty Straka. That's always something that you love to have thrown in there. Yeah, that too. Yeah, um, that too. Michael Nylander was a good name. Yes. The the last name Nylander is awesome. That's that's a sick last name. Yeah. Fedor Tutin. Oh, I used yeah. to, um, if Alex Goldberg is still watching, I don't know if he is or not, but we used to do, um, I used to make uh, Doc Emmerich impressions, and I used to, you know, joke around and call him Rootin' Tootin' Fedor Tootin' in the <laughs> middle of my Doc Emmerich impressions. You could ask Goldberg or, or ask Anthony about it. He'll he'll probably crack up. So I used to go off the wall with things and be like, oh, well, Zach Parise is night. He's uh he's jackknifed the puck over the half wall to Foghorn Leghorn, who's just smacked the dog in the head with another pot, <laughs> and and just just randomly start throwing in things like that because it just there are times where Doc Emmerich just busted out the thesaurus and you're like, what is he saying right now? <laughs> like, oh god, he, god. He, I mean, he his calls were great, but do it just sometimes you're like, what? <laughs> Doc was so good. He still is, still is that good. Uh, make sure that's on there. Um, we're probably gonna go. Well, let's go to four four thirty on this. So yeah, we can do that. Yeah, Geek Harbino. Wow, Hunter yeah. Skinner. There's another one. Yeah, Ranger prospect. Um, if he can if he can make the NHL, that would be a great one. And it's funny because when I think of the name Skinner, I think of uh, wrestler Steve Kern. Who ended up playing Skinner, and in the WWF? So I got I got my early '90s WWF nostalgia there. Oh, the goon, yeah, another another classic WWF character, Jobber. Peter Pruka was a good name. Marty Ruchinski, Greg McKegg, we we said that before. Um, 
Marty, yes, and Marty Ruchinski was a three-time Ranger, traded to the Rangers at the 2002 um, deadline, and he played with Lindros and Burray on that line. Um, I uh, another one, another time was he was signed for the 0304 season. Then he was traded to Vancouver, um, and then he was also uh, acquired. At the and during the 05 lockout for a season, I don't know why they didn't bring him back after a 55 point per game season, right there. So, um, Damien Demento now that's a blast from the past. So, yeah, Paul Coffee is a good one. Paul Coffee is a very good one, and 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 very good one. we'll go with uh, we'll go with Rob Dina Myers a little bit. But I mean, there's uh, Rob Stoner. There's another one, Clayton Stoner. Oh, sorry, I think I mixed him with Rob Stauber for a minute. Yeah, Rob Stauber was yeah, that was the goalie that played for LA. Um, who was a better oh, skater, co- Coffee or Niedermeyer? I I gotta go with Coffee. I gotta go with Coffee. No offense, Scott Niedermeyer or Brian Leach, but Paul Coffee was literally effortless in strides. Skater I've ever seen, ever. Um, the, uh, uh, going, uh, going back to a different name, Reed Larson. Reed Larson. Yeah. Reed Larson Rick Rippin. Rick Rippin, which sounded like a wrestler name. We've got Anthony back in here. Good. You got him already. Again, yeah. another reason why it's immensely helpful to have another guy that's helping. Yeah. Um, I, um, I wear number. I've worn number sixteen. I've worn number seventy-seven, um, eight, which I wear around my neck. Um, and then <laughs> current, currently, I wear I wear eighty-one from our regular men's league team because number eight was taken. But those um, those are most of my numbers. Sixteen was for Palfi. Seventy-seven was for Turjan. Uh, eight, obviously Ovechkin. And then when I had to wear eighty-one, I just added a one to the eight because, like I said, I couldn't wear eight, but those are those are my numbers. Um, I, mean, I might have wore some random ones here or there, but predominantly those are the main ones. Uh, Phil, what's your go-to numbers? Sixteen has been my go-to <laughs> since I was a kid. Uh, LaFontaine was a big reason for that. Um, I used nine before because of Madano. Um, I've used twenty-one. Um, I when I played rec league last, they gave you, they give you those jerseys and uh, at one of the places I play at, and they gave me twenty nine. So that that I've had, but uh, my my favorite number is probably sixteen. So, and Marion Hosa is a great hockey name. And- um, well, as it, I'll go with first when I was younger, uh, seven or seventeen because it was usually for Keith Hernandez. Uh, even though, yes, it wasn't for hockey, but I also lived at 17 Grove Street, so that's another reason why. Um, then it was uh, it was either seven for my birthday that, again, I realized I could never wear. That's what made the 43 thing happen. So it's my number has been 43 since I was 15. So there you go. 
Yeah, Guillet Bear was uh, funny enough. It, it, it's funny because Guillet Bear is literally from Troy, New York. He's not. Yeah. He's not actually. Yeah. He, he's not from French Canada or anything like that, or from France. He's literally a New York-born guy who played for Team USA at the Nagano Olympics in '98. So. Back when we were doing Mark's uh, weekly trivia, and I borrowed this from MSG, this one, uh, the question was for John, uh, three, the three goalies from New York State to notch a win from the New York Rangers since 1990. Mike Dunham. That's Mike the Dunham, one. Mike Dunham, and um, who's the other one that I Keith forgot? Kincaid. Oh, yeah, Kincaid, yeah. yeah. Marty McSorley was a was a good hockey name. Um, Tom Barrasso was a very good goaltender. One the uh, names were missing, especially from our younger age. Um, I mean, Roman Endor just sounded uh, just magical, but uh, Roman Endor, John yeah. Jean Luc Grandpierre, Stanislav Netskash. Sen- yeah, Stanislav Netskash. Yeah. Another, another one. Alexander Seamock. Um, Alexander Seamock <laughs> played for the Islanders. You can't yeah. just call him Alex Seamock. Yeah. But uh, Veroning was a was a good name. Jonathan Taves, uh, which everybody misspells spells it toes like that, but it's it's T O E W S Taves. So the, the 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 W sounds like a, a V. Ladislav Speed, who was in the Chris Pronger trade. Here's a good name for you, Anthony, that you probably like, but I I, I hate it hearing right. every time uh, Jugs would say it. Oh, sorry, Jigs McDonald. Anyway, uh, but uh, Brad Delgarno. Oh, Delgarno, yeah. Um, who was the one? I just had a name in my head that I was going to say before you before you said that. Shit. I mean... Sandy's Ozelinch. Sandus Ozelinch. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Arturs Urbe. There are just so there's so many good hockey names. Al McInnes. Al McInnes. Yeah. I mean, Chris Pronger sounds exactly like what you expect out of Chris yeah. Pronger. You you ex- I tell you right now, I stood five feet from Chris Pronger. Holy crap. He was just massive. He, I mean, we were on that draft floor, and I'm literally talking to Anthony, and this is why we've just finished up our conversation with John Van Beesbrook. And I look over, and it's Chris Pronger, and he looks like a literally like a gigantic librarian. He's got glasses on, suit, and his hair is all like – and he's. You know, he, he looks like a librarian. He looks like somebody who would probably be working in the library. And he just, I was like, I don't care if he looks like a librarian. I wouldn't screw, I wouldn't mess with him if he was 70 years old. <laughs> he was just massive. I literally, I, I, I was like maybe five, six feet from him. And I'm like looking up to look at him. I'm like, wow. He was he was a legit probably about six seven I would say, and just think Chara's probably taller. Chara is taller, probably about six. Seven. Scott, yeah. So was Tyler Myers. I Roman mean, 
Clicks is a great name. Yeah, no, no E in that, Rich, but Roman Hammerlick was a very good name. First overall pick in 1992. Uh, Yari Curry was a very good name. Miles Wood does, in fact, sound like a porno name. Son of former uh, Islander and Sabre Randy Wood. Randy Wood, by the way, who has yes. the significance of being the first NHL penalty shot Mike Richter stopped. Yep. And Ron then that was another good one. Although quickly, if any, uh, I'm going to let it go for a few minutes, but without Phil giving uh, the answer. But if you know who was the only person to score on Mike Richter on a penalty shot, put it in the comments. Uh, Doug Wickenizer, great name. Um, His daughter is considered Haley. one of the greatest women's hockey players ever, Haley. Yeah. Like, it's... Um, I'm trying to think of all the good names. Oh, that's not a good name. It's just definitely. Pat Verbeek. Would you say that's in there? No. Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe. Not a bad name. Um, Joe Newendike. My mom scored on him. <laughs> that sounds funny as hell. Um, Joe that could be true, too. So. Joe Newendike is a great hockey name for me. Yeah. Well, I mean... If you say his full name, even with the short down, Theo and Flurry. Theo Flurry, yeah. Theo Flurry. Theo Flurry so that name. was that was listed above though. I forgot who listed it. But that but again, uh I mean uh, like Marcel Dion's not a great hockey name. Dale Howarchuk is a great like Dale Howarchuk. Dale oh. Howarchuk sounds like a hockey name. Like literally sounds like a token hockey name. I think if they, if I had to think of the perfect sounding hockey name, it's Dale Howard. <laughs> yeah, I, I I definitely would. Uh... <laughs> ah, God, I knew it was coming. Oh, to say it, just make it stop. Make it stop. Um, I just, I just, I just want life to move on beyond Jack Eichel. Here, here's a good one, Mark. Clint Malarchuk. Wow. I'll say it. With Clint Malarchuk. It's a very good one. That's another really good one. Um, TJ Brody. Yes. That that's a that's a good one. Uh, and I would say another good one that has some relation. Doug White. Doug Waite, yeah. Significance Doug Waite has to us. By the way, I kind of let it go. Yeah, Chris, you're right. It was Doug Waite when he was with Edmonton. Yeah, that's why I was that's why I was saying it. So, Bill, yeah. Bill, um, oh, I forgot his name. Bill Ranford? No. The Grant forward. Fuhr is another great hockey name. Say by Fuhr. Um, uh, shit. Who was the forward on the Rangers? Late nineties, they acquired him. I think he was a former Islander too. Patrick Flatley? Uh, no, it's Bill something. I'm having Bill trouble. Berg. Bill what? Bill Berg. Bill Berg. Yeah, Bill Berg, Bill Berg was ended up covering the puck with his hand in the crease. And then yeah. Doug Waite walked Paul Samuelson in. is a very good one. Gel Samuelson. Whoop. I was actually seeing the Ranger. Uh 
the Ranger promo just now. Oh, Bill Berg. Yeah, Bill Berg would have helped against the Flyers. Uh, and he was out because of a slew footing incident. And now it's like one of those things Colin Campbell wanted to address. All right, so we got uh, we got about another five more minutes. Uh, and you know what? By the way, Billy Bob, I think this is my first time seeing you. Welcome to the show. And by the way, that would be that would be great because you already got good hair. I can say that, Greg. So uh, that that would only be even better. Bill Burr is just a great comedian. Uh, that's I, I I love listening to Bill Burr. Walter Kachuk, former New York Ranger. Yes, great name. Eddie Jockovan. Uh, <laughs> um, Keith Kachuk. Uh, yeah, the Kachuks are just a Kachuk great is name. a great name. Yeah, I like the last name. Kirk well, McLean. I like Kirk McLean as a hockey name. It's not bad. How about this? Just for the refs, which would which would you rather hear for the for that name? Terry Gregson or Kerry Frazier? Kerry Frazier. And it's better than Andy Van Helmond. So Van Helmond sounds like a good name, though. I mean, uh then you have uh what's his name? Kaharski. Don Kaharski. That's that's Kaharski, a, yeah. that's a really good name. You have the McCauleys, Wes McCauley and his father were both referees. Owen Max Power. Yeah, that that's a that's a good name. <laughs> uh yeah. That's a great uh, name. Thanks. I got it off a hairdryer. Yeah. Uh Joe, yeah, we did we just talked about that before. Um I think it's gonna be either Panarin or Fox. Mark was teasing that it could possibly be Mika. I don't think it's Mika. I think we do I- know one thing. It's blue socks, and I believe that stick is right handed. So that's I didn't get to see opportunity. I don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't see a stick. I think I saw the stick at the very end. I got to check that again. Cause I just looked at it for my, myself for the first time. But by the way, uh, another thing Adam Fox would be, would be the first Long Island hockey player to represent us on there. Um, uh, Greg, thank you. And uh, again, Welcome, uh, welcome to the show, and looking forward to seeing you again. Um, Dustin Tokarski, there's a good one. Good hockey names. Uh, there's guys we're missing. I know, I know. There's guys we're missing. There was Christian Dubé, Rob Scuderi, by the way. Uh, Long Island's own Rob Scuderi. Owen Nolan is a great hockey name, too. Yeah, I like that. Matt Gilroy on the cover. <laughs> Matt Gilroy. Oh, my God. Matt Gilroy. There's a guy that, there's a guy that used to come into my bar uh, that I don't want to. And um, he says to me all the time, back when Gilroy was playing, it's like, oh, God, Gilroy sucks. And he still sucks. I go, yeah, he's the worst player from uh, Belmore to be in the uh, in the NHL right now. Weasel Zappa Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right well i i i thought we're yeah we, we figured that sean we figured that yeah 
Sometimes it takes a couple seconds to get through the layers. Pierre Tarjon is a great hockey name. You think of a French a Canadian. Um, Bobby Rousseau, former Ranger. I believe, by the way, Pierre Tarjon's the only number one overall draft pick to pitch in the Little League World Series. Um, he pitched in the Little League World Series? Yeah. Him and Stefan Matteau were teammates. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, everybody, if you haven't done it, join our Facebook group, Big Apple Hockey. Uh, once again, this is our brand new banner that we have on there. And yes, I stole those logos from other things. We'll eventually redo that. Uh, but Pavel Dimitra, uh, see, the thing is, there's no shortage on great hockey names. That's why we could sit here and fill up the next, the next four hours with this. But, uh, Papa needs to grab some lunch. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll need to, I'll need to go and, uh, and get something to eat soon too. Yeah, Maybe even go I, 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 I gotta do that. I'm actually going to uh, the Travelers Golf Outing, uh, the golf outing, Jesus, the golf tournament tomorrow. They're doing the practice round in Jersey. Um, and yeah, Sean, it is a shame about the Mitra. Yeah, he just that was terrible. And of course, 1994 Alexander Karpatsev, as well. You know, Karpatsev crafted out a great career for himself, and matter of fact, played for both the Rangers and the Islanders. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. then again, who's the only player to win a Stanley Cup with the Rangers and the Devils? Rangers and Devils Stanley Cup winner. So it has to be a 94 Ranger. Uh, sorry, name Genov. You're correct. Yeah. I just remember he won in 2000 with them. And he right. played with all three. Yeah, he was he was on that team. Yeah, he um, played for all three, yeah. Not, no, uh, it wasn't Bruce Driver. Was him Genoff. Yeah, matter of fact, remember, Driver's the one that blocks Bukaboom's clearing attempt, which leads to uh, uh, Valerio Selipukin's goal. Not, yeah. Uh, just, oh, yeah, and obviously, yeah. Chris yeah, Driver never won with New York. Yeah, so that was, that was the thing. But, um. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Um, geez. Larry Zelpugin was another good hockey name, but I hated hearing that name for a long time. I hate hearing 7.7 seconds left because between 7.7 seconds left with uh, Zelpugin and Drury. And Drury. Yeah. Yeah. Drury is the other one. Just the hell with that. All right, guys, we're actually going to cut it off right here. Cause uh, I still think Anthony still thinks he's coming back any moment. <laughs> He's he's been in and out the the all the Q and A, but it's all good. Yeah, but, it's it's fine. We don't you know what if if he's here, he's here. If not, I mean, we got two people going on and talking about hockey. So, but yeah, I um, definitely we'll always have people talking about hockey. We're working on extra programs uh, to throw on here. I, I'm still pitching uh, Phil a late night uh, hockey show. Uh, hmm. But uh, Anthony was whacked. <laughs> Big Lou came and sent him the horse head and then followed him. 
but um but yeah and actually we can actually use the horse's head metaphor even more now for uh for belmont oh god yeah that was yeah. good Oh, man. But anyway, guys, thank you very much for joining us once again. Uh, we have a lot more just for the, this offseason to try to do. Uh, just as a reminder, we are going to be changing around the name of the podcast uh, as early as maybe even tomorrow or today. I might not tomorrow. No, have to be early as next week, I think. Um, because we're expanding, we're moving on out, and all, trust, all things Rangers as. The Facebook page is still going nowhere and the Instagram, but we are making sure we're doing um, we're going to be and we're going to be creating the big Apple hockey for us as well. Um, there's so much more we got planned, so don't worry about that. Um, and then now I think about that, that, that Simpsons where he's at the Duff Brewery. What does the future hold where we got tricks up our sleeves? Like what? All right. We got nothing. Are you happy? No. <laughs> So don't worry, there's plenty, there's plenty more. All right, guys, but again, thank you very much, uh, especially for all of you that listened to all four hours. Uh, in about one hour, I'll have the full interview with our guest, Michael Grabner, today. And um, also uh, our, our take on the Jack Eichel stuff. Hopefully the rumors have gone away. Because Precious doesn't want to hear Jack Eichel's name again. You so. have just given me nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Never again. Want to know how I got these scars? Okay, so. Heath. Okay. All right. By the way, I can also do it as Mark Hamill doing that. Uh, see, that's the great thing. That's why we're trying to develop actual shows instead of just, uh, I mean, Phil is an Iron Man, but again, he, he can always find guests or even uh, he can have uh, the idiot that's in the box next to him in there. These are all ideas <laughs> we're doing that. So, there, anyway. yeah, there's, there is no late night with Phil tonight. Sorry, Sean. No, no. But uh, anyway, guys, again, thank you very much. Can't say this enough. This is always <laughs> the best part of my week. So, uh, we'll see you again soon, and hopefully uh, there's no breaking news until then. But yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs>